Hi, this is Chance Skowski, and you're listening to the Midwest Auto Sports Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Stop. <laughs> no, it's come back. Episode. Try it up. No, over. No, Start no, over. No, that was terrible. No. Rock Auto. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Auto Sports Podcast. My name is Lauren Kelly, and I'm here with... Mid-pack sport mod driver, Trevor. Trevor. Ball, we got ballpark back. Yeah. This this is going to be like one of the most viewed videos of season three right here. <sighs> I don't know. Sean's last, week, Sean's last week is our least viewed one. But really? it's also because it's the most recent one. It's Sean. Amy's here as well. Yeah, of course. Always. Amy's sitting in. So. The best fiance ever. Will is in St. Louis. Self-proclaimed, of course. <laughs> Will, Will, Will is in St. Louis learning uh, more about building ramps. No, he's oh, learning no. about lift. Uh, lift. Lifts. Oh, the stand Chair stair lifts, lift yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. can't wait. Yeah. And we're we're going to have one installed one. here, yeah. Please. <laughs> need one for me after, or for you and me after work. Yeah, just no like, <laughs> Please hit up that Will thing. Garrett's at AMRAMP for all your ramp needs. Yes, AMRAMP. Not a sponsor. No. Not lift. Just a hefty shout out. Hefty, sh- hefty <laughs> shout out. All right. Uh, what'd you do this week, uh, Trevor? I did a half an hour of pacing at Plymouth Dirt Track just to get rained out. <laughs> We're going to talk about that later in our <laughs> topics. But we went to Road America. We did go to Road America. All three of us went to Road that, America. I loved it. Road America. I saw my first. It's, dude, formula cars. Like, I, I'm an F1, avid F1 fan. Okay. Yeah, but when you see. I've never seen an F1 car until this weekend. When you see. Yeah. First of all, when you see a 90s Jordan uh, oh. F1 car go past you. Even just looking at the Jordan and the Benetton next to each other in. In the garage, and then you, so it's cool. yeah, but then you hear it go full song in yeah. the turn five, and you're like, yeah, this is pretty sick. And James French wheels that thing. Oh, absolutely. He does not. <laughs> he does not drive that like for how much it's worth. He, no, he, he does. He just sends it. It's it was fantastic. there was a we were sitting in turn five, and he pulls out. He he started. I don't. He took an EOL. I guess yeah, pretty much <laughs> uh, for the for the race, and he just pulled. He just casually pulls out to the left, passes eight cars up going hill. up the hill to turn six. <laughs> we're look at Trevor, we're just laughing. I'm, I'm mad that I missed it. in the bathroom. Me and Lauren <laughs> looked, we made, uh, we made eye contact. We were both like, that was cool. That was cool. Well, then Amy came back out and she got to hear an F1 car in person for the that first was, time. It's a lot different. The the, cool. the full song sound of an F one car uh, is something to be desired. The cool the cool thing about Road America is they have the the straightaways are blocked by hills, so you can't you can hear it before you see it, mm-hmm. and you hear that and the like the to- the engine tone changes before it goes past you, and it's just it's so different. It's the, so, uh, great. so different, but it's great. The thing with the F one cars when they go to Road America, like the Benetton and the Jordan, when the French family brings them out, is that yeah. you can hear them all the way around the track. You can hear them <laughs> you, in Plymouth. You can you can <laughs> pick out exactly where they are on that. I have race a friend track. that lives in Sheboygan, and she said she drove through Plymouth with her window down on Saturday, and she could hear Road race America, cars. Yes. which is I think it's so cool, and I don't know, I love it. But then we were also there. Uh, to support our buddy Sean, um, who coaches for Velocity Racing Development, um, they have three or four drivers. There was three and there F4. was two F four, three and F two, three F four, and then one in in Formula F- Formula Regional, yeah. which is just basically Hunter American we, me F3. And Will, Yeah, me and Will got to spend some time with Hunter Yaney, and he is one cool dude. Yeah, I mean he is he is a really down to earth kid. I mean he's a kid yet. He just was telling us he just Come turned on the sixteen. Podcast. 
We were thinking about it. We wanted to get him on here. He didn't win, so we didn't think about it. I feel like he would be cool to be on the podcast. He got punted out of a win. I mean, if we ever ever wanted to have a future F1 driver on the pod, that's probably who you could pick. I mean, genuinely. I mean, that dude, first time ever at Road America, is on pole for the first race. He got punted out of the lead, I think, the first and one, and then, and then he finished fourth in the second one from eighth. I mean, he's... And that series is loaded. I mean, the, yeah. the 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 F4 is a little bit more entry-level. Like, it's the first step for people on the rung, on the FIA ladder after carts. Yeah. So, it's like, there's a lot... The top, like, six or seven guys are very, very good. Guys and girls. They're very, very good. And then... The FR is is the next step above that. Whereas Hunter, I think Hunter won seven out of eight rounds last year in the Formula. He 4. was telling us. Uh, he was telling us when me and Will, me and Will, kind of took him on a golf cart and we just kind of you know went around the track because he hadn't honestly hadn't seen the track. Never a lot. been there before. And uh, so we were kind of talking to him and he's like, "Yeah, I think I'm just gonna go to FIA F3 next year." And I was like, "That's just a decision you make, huh?" Yeah, like <laughs> that must be nice. Yeah, like for those of you who don't know, it it goes. FIA F3, FIA F2, Formula 1. Like, it's it's the... He is two steps away from Formula 1. And we were talking to him, just shooting the breeze. Oh, yeah. he's And he's a really <laughs> down-to-earth, cool kid. And yeah. He's got, a, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I think a lot of those Formula drivers that are young, they're really uh, young, impressionable kids who are very much, like... I don't want to say mommy daddy funded, but they are very much pay drivers. Thrown to the wolves, and they are they are like it's not maybe they're not so much like hey I want to be a race car driver. Their mom and dad's like I'm paying for you to be a race car driver. You better be a race car driver. But Hunter's very much like a self made type of race car driver. He's very like pay driver still, but I mean he's like but he's he's doing he's got it he's got it he's doing it and he's got a head on his shoulders too. He is like a. He's a smart kid. He's not one of them kids that just sees steering wheel and go fast broom. It's he's very. Very, very smart for yeah. his age. Um, he did ask for a foam pad once, though, in practice, and Sean gave him some crap. Because <laughs> he said his head, he couldn't keep his head up, because it was one of his first times in the yeah. Formula 3 car, and it was too much downforce, like, and, and G-forces through the corners, and, and he asked Sean if he could have a foam pad, and <laughs> Sean said to them, like, to hold his head up, and oh, Sean yeah. said, if you ever ask me for that again, I quit. <laughs> he, he was telling us that, that he, when the first time he got on the brakes in those cars, he, like, dropped his head. Like, yeah. he was, he was so surprised... Um, the, the jump from the F4 to the F3 car that he like he's like I hit the brakes and my head hit the steering wheel he's like I swear to god I felt like I was going to fly out of the car let's put it this way the, that Jordan F1 has the uh, historic car lap record at Road America not like in current like the lap record at Road America I think is a 139.5 by Dario Franchitti yeah. and Cart in like 97 or something but the historic car record is that Jordan F1 car and that did it in, I think, 153 point something, something, or 152 or something. Hunter's and pole time was a 209.3. So yeah. that's not no. very far off. Or no, a 205.3. Uh, it was a 205.3. Yeah. Which is, it's just over 10 seconds off. And it has probably... Half the horsepower. No, nah, way less. They're Jordan? They're, no, 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 I suppose. But they're 300 horsepower is yeah. what FR America's Okay, says. 300. So... It's probably a third of the horsepower of that. I'm sure of that Jordan, That's and it's so only it's only ten time. seconds off. Like are those V10s? So is time. that Jordan? A it's V10. a V10. Yeah. So I would say that's probably pushing eight. Yeah, it's 
so it's close to a third. But I mean, it's nonetheless like they—he's a wheel man. They I fly mean, around. Yeah. We also got to see a future, or actually future, current SRX driver Ernie Francis Jr. was there first time ever in a Formula Regional car, which is again it's just F three. Um, Very much a cool looking cool. car. It wasn't the fastest car, but it did look. Wasn't cool. the fastest, but it it did look cool. And I mean, for his first time in the thing, I mean, what do you expect? what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah what do you expect? So, Everybody looks like a fish out of water their first time at a race track. That kid's won like eight Trans Am titles, and he's like twenty. So yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> I don't understand how it's possible. I'm sure he'll pick it up soon. Yeah, exactly. So, but I think that's gonna do it for a little intro here. We're gonna hear from some of our partners, and we'll come back with the news. Hey, Ashley, what are you up to? Oh, I just stopped by to grab some sage fruit apples. Now I just have to decide which ones. You can never go wrong with a Honeycrisp. They're light, crisp, and full of perfectly balanced flavor. Oh, hey. You could always go with one of their classics, the Gala or Fuji. They're both sweet and juicy. Grown in the heart of Eastern Washington, Sage Fruit Company works hard on the farm and with their retail partners to provide high quality apples and pears to consumers all year long. Well, I couldn't decide which ones. Thanks for the help, guys. I'll race you to the checkout. When you need to ship it from anywhere to anywhere, the LTL Freight Logistics Specialist for your small business. We simplify shipping, eliminate those surprise charges, and negotiate the best rates from most LTL qualified carriers. Special residential and lift gate rates available for automotive and ag implements. The company that actually cares about the American small business owner. Use the promo code SHIPIT and get 10% off your first shipment. Startup is so easy. Get quote and ship today qualityfreightrate.com it's the news presented by qualityfreightrate.com to kick things off we're going to keep it rolling here with the uh with the f1-ish style stuff mclaren (laughs) revealed their golf throwback scheme for monaco you have on here throwback weekend for f1 i think that's a good i think monaco should be the darlington of f1 there it's being discussed like they're after McLaren came out with that, there were a bunch of people in F1 that said that, like, people in F1, not, like, WTF1 or whatever, yeah. you know, like, pundits or whatever. These were people in F1 that were tweeting about, like, this should be a throwback weekend. And, like, it would be so cool to have every team go back. I mean, Ferrari, the car would just be red, so I, yeah. that doesn't matter. But, but, like... Think about seeing, like, the dark... Like, you have this diagram yeah, here. Yeah, this... 1,000 GP, like... If they could, they could even throw back to that race and just like bring that because I think that looks sick. That was but the like, coolest, like th- the the amount of activities they had for the thousandth GP weekend. Like that was cool, on yeah. DTS, they they really they picked the good team to to follow at oh, Monaco yeah. Yeah. because that thousand GP that whole celebration was just unbelievable. That but was cool. I feel like that should be like commonplace. Like yeah. I feel like I feel like McLaren should be having something. You know what I mean? They should be having like the thousand, not a thousand GP party, but like. This is our throwback weekend. Like, all the NASCAR teams do it. Right. Yeah. You see, like, even even when uh, Mercedes was at their, um, I don't remember what they were celebrating. That weekend, it, went, it all went to hell and drive to like survive. 75th, 120, 125th <laughs> anniversary. And they were all in, in yeah. throwback clothes, and they had a throwback livery. They stunk. They, but... Oh, I mean, <laughs> just awful. But, like. Imagine how many people would be there for throwback. Like think Darlington is only only Steel, really cool yeah. because it's a weird racetrack, which Monaco is. Monaco yeah. is a a far off racetrack from anything else F one goes to, mm-hmm. and Darlington is cool because everybody has different liveries. Yep, I don't see why they don't do it. Monaco is very much. I feel like it is only on the calendar because it's historic. Of its historic, and I feel like Darlington is kind of the same way I because also the think races there have been boring. I think everybody at Monaco <laughs> wants to see Nikita Mazepin thrown into the pond. 
I think it's gonna happen. I hope so. I don't know. I have money on it. I, <laughs> Uh, I love all the TikToks and memes of him just swimming with the fishes yeah. in the Monaco Harbor. It's so great. Nikita Mazepin, uh, he does not deserve an F1 drive. No. it's, uh, it's been, I think that's pretty clear at this point. But I think we're all in agreement that should be a throwback weekend for F1. Speaking of F1, Romain Grosjean, feel-good story of the week. Wholesome. Um, pole in IndyCar at the IndyGP and then led at one point by 32 seconds. And it wasn't even because people pit. He was just... He was just leading. He was just wheeling it. Like, <laughs> what? And then somehow, I don't know I don't know what happened. I have to go back and watch the highlights, but uh, he finished second, which is still, for his third ever race in IndyCar, a... That is his first podium thing. since Spain of 15 in F1, right? Spain yeah. 2015, first I believe. First pole since 2011. Yeah, and it, it's hard. Like it's hard to not like him, you know. Yeah. Like even if you think he was a subpar F one driver, which genuinely he wasn't. He was. He was in, not. He was he, in bad equipment. Yeah. He, he made some good stuff with bad equipment. Well, he finished eighth in Haas's first ever race. So I mean, I, mean, I don't know what more you want. And I, he put that Lotus car on the front row a lot when it shouldn't have been. If if you didn't like him as an F one driver, then put that behind it with all the stuff that happened. Um, but realize that man almost died and was in a race car as fast as humanly possible as he could be afterwards. Yep. Like he, he did not let that faster him. Actually, Indy cars are technically they're faster. But like he, he he did not let almost dying in a race car deter him from being a race car. I mean, he is, he is genuinely the everybody roots for him. Feel good story of Indy car right now. Like the the, racing world. Yeah. Just everybody like, Literally, you know that that meme that WTF one tweets all the time, like when Nikita spins or Rex. When it, everybody liked that, like oh, yeah, anytime yeah. Grosjean does anything, like he walks out of his house, everybody liked yeah. that. Like he's because just, the just simply the fact that he's still here and he's still racing, and he's so humbled about. Yeah. It. Like he's just like he's not like oh well, you know I could have I wouldn't have almost died in a hoss if I wasn't like he is just like dude, yeah, it happens, and I'm still here. I'm still you know I still get to see my kids, and my wife, yeah. and I get to be a race car driver. He's so down to earth. He even owned. Up that it was his mistake that caused that wreck that he was in, and like I don't know, there was that picture that was circling around, circuiting around. I think it was by the Indy Star photographer. I don't remember her name, but it was like Morgan Hollers or something like that. Um, I gotta find it. Um, oh, the picture you sent me. Yeah, where he that was holding the trophy. Genuinely, like chills. Yeah, like people if a picture's worth a thousand words that one's worth a million it was it's unbelievable i got to find that uh, i i want to i want to give credit to the correct person here um uh, heading over to Romain Grosjean's twitter that's blowing up recently yeah. that uh, picture is um it's like it's um, you almost are speechless looking at it cuz like if you know the history and you know the story you look yeah. at that picture and go my god like you could not have composed a better image. Like yeah. that is just unbelievable. It's it is very much unbelievable. I don't know where where it went. I can't find it. Um, he car on NBC had it. I know, but I mean it's it's a fantastic story. Um, I think that can't be. <laughs> I don't think words can cannot describe the situation. You know, like Grace Hollers. Uh, she took that photo. She's the photographer for Indie Star. And for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, I know we retweeted it on our Twitter, but otherwise head to IndyCar on NBC on Twitter. Uh, they were the original posters. Um, it, it has like 
a th- over a thousand retweets. I mean, it's it's basically just a picture of him with a sick Richard Mille watch, by the way. Oh, absolutely. It's badass. Um, but then his, he has like a bandage on his thumb and his entire hand is covered in what were very obviously at one point third degree burns. He still does have those burns. He has yeah. not gotten his, he, he, I believe he did not want the skin graft. But he did. He did make one of the funniest jokes of Drive to Survive season three, where they said he wanted to do. They were like, he was like, they want to do a skin graft. So now, uh, whenever I shake people's hands, they'll be touching my ass because they were going to take the skin off his ass, which was the fun. I so I funny. paused because I didn't want to miss what he was saying to Gunther. But I was like, I paused to laugh for a good five minutes at that. I was like, you almost died a week ago, yeah. and you are sitting here joking about shaking people's hands with your ass. Like his interview on. with Martin Brundle was like one of the most incredible interviews i've ever seen but this picture it's him it's his his scarred hand with his wedding ring on which is also amazing in and of itself um holding his second place trophy and it's just like barely grasping it but you can see like his hand and his arm in the reflection of the trophy it's just powerful unbelievable photo um but yeah i think that's all we can say about roman grosjean there's a lot to say about roman yeah, I mean, and I cannot, I was stressing to you the other day, I cannot wait. I'm going to f- somehow finesse yeah. my way into the IndyCar paddock this year, and I'm going to meet him, and I'm going to... Do you think to it's going to be open, or it's going to be closed? I'm sure. Can you get an autograph on me? I'm sure I'll get any either way. I'll find a way. <laughs> yeah, I'll hop I, a I will hop a fence, and I will risk going to jail to that's meet him. That's an F1 driver. I just, want to, meet, I just want to meet him and ask him his best, best Gunther story. Like, that's all I want to hear. <laughs> that's all I want to know. He does not smash door. Yeah. <laughs> he does uh, not smash my door. Um, speaking of asphalt stuff, a little more local here. Ty Majeski signed a two, possibly three race deal with Thor Sport Motorsports in truck. He has some truck starts. He, he does. Know. So he, he was with Nice Motorsports. Which is a truck. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, was, I mean, it was bad equipment. Yeah, that is like, the Haas of, of, of truck Haas series. Haas of the truck series, yeah. Pretty much. Um... But I think that's very cool. He's getting another shot because I don't think that that was represented. I mean, we know how talented Ty Majeski is. I mean, he went to the Slinger Nationals last year. He's going to be the next. He is going to be the one that fills that Slinger Nationals SRX ride. You better. I I don't know who else. It'd be be really sad if, like, Matt Kenseth came up and just won it. And he's like, I'm going to run SRX for one race. Yeah. I just. And you know, if, if they ran. Like if he did win the Slinger Nationals and they ran and then he runs SRX at Slinger, he gonna win. Yeah, he, he's gonna he's, win by five he's, laps. He's, he's gonna <laughs> lap the field. Like he's gonna be, he's gonna win. Like, he's gonna wave to Bobby Labonte going. Yeah, by. he's <laughs> gonna lap at him. He's gonna suck the vinyl right off that dude's car. Oh my god! So I think that's very cool. Excited to see what he does because the Thor Sport trucks are actually decent equipment. Um, they ran Matt Crafton for many years, I believe. They might still. I know they had Johnny Sauter for a while as yeah. well. Um, another Wisconsin dude. So. A lot of wins with Johnny Sauter. And a lot of wins with Johnny Sauter. Um, Johnny Sauter just has a lot of wins in general. He just does that. <laughs> He's one, there was a poll uh, that NASCAR on Fox put out that said, who who would you like to see get another chance at NASCAR Cup? And Johnny Sauter was like number three or four. Yeah. I think that's, that's very popular. Very much talented. I knew you were going to say Carl Edwards. Edwards. I literally, like, I could have... I, you he know had that? his chance. He choked to Tony Stewart. Thank hey! you. How many times? <laughs> Count of one, two. <laughs> oh, my God. So I will support him through... I just like the fact that I was... I always liked when he won because I knew he'd backflip, and I was hoping one day he'd just bin it. 
You know? I know. My Didn't first do race it was actually at the Milwaukee Mile, and I saw yeah. Carl Edwards flip. My first NASCAR race as well was Road America when the Xfinity came a while back, then it was nationwide when they came there for the first time, and Carl Edwards won. Saw the backflip. I love him. He's pretty a cool, cool dude. Very cool, dude. He's like him. a farmer now. Yeah, yeah he, like he dropped off. He just dropped he just, off the grid, and then he just came back for some random, random uh, uh, NASCAR race hub interview, and he was and talking now, about like they're talking about like possibly being in the Hall of Fame, Fame and stuff. And now he's like, and they're like, would you ever like come back to do some racing? He's <laughs> no. like, maybe. Uh, <laughs> he literally said, maybe. maybe. Yeah, just, we'll see. It's, it's <laughs> hilarious that everybody's like, like, what? People are like, oh, you know, like Jeff Gordon retires, he goes to the booth, like. Uh, you know, Earnhardt Jr. Like, went to the booth at IMSA. Well, like, they just, you know, like, the, like Jr. does even, like, a bunch of stuff with other motorsport. Yeah. yeah. And Carl Edwards is like, the hell with this, I'm gonna go play a corn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what if he, what if he, what if, like, huge shock, right? Like, what if he owns the cornfield around Gravity Park? I would, <laughs> Stop. I'm sorry, I love you, babe, but, like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Dude, imagine that. You know, I got parts sitting in that cornfield. Yeah, right. I did. I drove through, you knocked down some corn in that cornfield. <laughs> that was fun. I, that was literally probably top five closest moments I thought I was going to die. I thought you were dead. <laughs> All right. Back to the dirt. Uh, this is really the only piece of dirt news that I have this week. Uh, there wasn't any, like, crazy driver swaps. Nothing really. For the, the most calm week of silly season. Yeah, so far yeah. for dirt, it has just been chill. Other like, than Lucas Wolf lost his ride, Lucas Wolf did lose his ride, but I feel like he had been like they'd been not racing that car for like three weeks, yeah. and nobody knew what was going on. They finally just announced it. Kerry Madsen did go. Well, we we announced that he was out of the uh, twenty four car last mm-hmm. week. Now he's in. Well, for this past weekend, he was in the Stewart. Tony Stewart racing number fourteen, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, he did very well. Um, Good to see Kerry back up at the front. Um, nice to see that those guys from Australia are getting a chance to come back to the United States now. But the COVID yeah, stuff. James McFadden, oh, he's yeah. up into the top ten world of all points already. It is nice to see those guys because that's a lot of talent that got stuck in Australia over this COVID situation. So I think a lot of people thought that James McFadden would be up there for the uh, World of Outlaw Championship this year, and obviously his teammate is. So and he's in the same equipment, and we all know how good J Mac is. But dirt news. Taylor Scheffler won the Diamond 43. With Diamond Jims on the side of the track. Yeah. That has been a long time. So I, I don't personally know Taylor, but obviously I was the photographer at Plymouth and I raced there. So I I know of him and I know how much the Diamond Jim meant to that team and Diamond Jim meant to everybody. everybody I was yeah. I was extremely saddened to hear about Diamond Jim's passing it's because I, I grew up watching him race, yep. you know, and I think, I mean, he was a... A relatively old fella, but... It was always the D7 and the D1 and up. I just, like, that was always... Late Models was always those two cars, you know? And and I think a lot of people, like, even, like, my dad's age or my mom's age mm-hmm. were, like, watched him race on the way up, you know, and, and at Manitowoc and stuff like that. And it was super, super sad. It was just, like... Yeah. I remember seeing that on Facebook, and I immediately called my mom and dad. I'm like, dude, this sucks. Like, yeah. that was a very somber day where it's just, you know... It's kind of like, uh, you know, when, a, like, a professional athlete. Like, when Kobe died, Kobe died it's yeah. just like, yeah, like, everybody's just kind of in a bad day. You know, yeah. like... And it, like the local racing scene, and he's an absolute legend in our local. He racing is, scene. yeah. So if, it's like if you're listening to this that. and not, and if you're listening to this, I know we have some listeners from 
outside of Wisconsin, outside of the Midwest. But this was a huge, huge loss Very you know, for big the blow. for the Midwest racing yeah. scene and and Midwest late model racing in general. I mean, you had guys from Illinois coming up and racing the Diamond Forty Three, not just because of the forty three hundred dollar payday, but because they knew they knew Jim. Yeah, and, and he's uh, he's not he was a legend outside of of, of Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people from the surrounding areas knew him. And it was just a super sad situation, but um, it's nice that they honor him. And they've been, obviously, it's the couple, first couple of years that they've been doing this Diamond race. Uh, they've been doing it. Diamond Jim has competed in his own race for the past yeah. three years, except for, obviously, yeah. this year. Jesse Glenn's won it last year at Plymouth, I believe. Jesse Glenn's, yeah. And then it was... I forget. They listed them off yeah. on Dark Kings, but I, I didn't. i be honest, I didn't look. But, like, it's just, you know, it's crazy that he was racing that race a year ago. And, yeah. and now he's gone. And that's a big blow for, for late models, especially around here. And, I mean, he sponsored everybody under the moon. I and mean, if you went to him, he would just throw cash at you because he's just a down-to-earth guy that liked racing. Yep. So, And the cool, obviously, the cool thing that you touched on was uh, Diamond Jim's was on the side, like, as a main sponsor of Taylor Scheffler's 10S. Um, I don't even know if we could call Taylor Scheffler a local anymore. I mean, he is a local. He still races around here, but... I mean, he's won at Farmer City. He made the one for the road feature for last year and went like twentieth to seventh or something. I mean, he's he is a wheel man. He was quick time at the World of Outlaws last year at Plymouth. Um, he was quick time at Farmer City with the World of Outlaws um, earlier this year, two nights in a row. Um, Trivia question: Do you know how old he's he is? a wheel? Uh, twenty-seven. He is two years older than me. He's twenty-three. 23 he is better than me he has been racing late model since he was 17 he was one of my first interviews at plymouth and he said three words to me yeah he's a, he's <laughs> he's, a little bit of a soft-spoken he guy. is very much like dude you walk up to him he's just like mm-hmm. like hey you know i i, I asked him uh I, I think i asked him something about he made a move for the win there like halfway through the race or something and just walked walked everybody and As uh, he does. i asked him something <laughs> about it and he was just like yeah, that was pretty good. And I was like, all right, you got any sponsors you want to thank? Do you remember Gravity Park the first time they had late models when he threw that mega slider for the lead? Oh, from on the, a one-lane racetrack. He too. was half a track back, and he made it work. I, I couldn't like, believe what? it. I was sitting there with my buddy Jared, and we just saw him do that. And we were both like, we thought, I don't remember who was, I think it was Justin Ritchie yeah. was leading. And we're all just like, oh, he's just going to hug. Because Justin is so good on the bottom. He's so we're, good. Like, we're, yeah. Just, you know. We were like, oh, he's just going to sit on the bottom. And well, so he come down. We were, you were sitting with me. We were, we were on the, we were on the, the, the pit side. Oh, the first, very yeah. first late yeah. model show. I was thinking of when no, no, the no. Dirt Kings were there last year. No, no, no. This was that, that same deal though. That one off. Yeah, 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 like, And I think it was the same battle where yeah. all of a sudden it was like, like where did he even come from? Like yeah, he was, was just half a track back, and all of a sudden Taylor Sheffield the lead with like two to go, and I'm like, all right, well he won. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, that was so cool. But yeah, very cool to see him win the Diamond Forty Three. Especially uh, he beat Dennis Herb Jr., uh, which was obviously Dennis Herb is you know a legend or whatever, and he was kind of one of the outsiders coming in here uh, to try and take that away. Um, and that was very cool to see a local boy uh, step up. Yeah, not only is it cool to see him win it because of the Diamond Gym affiliation, but it's cool to see a local guy kick some ass against some big names. And Bobby Pierce, of course, decided not to go. Did very Bobby Pierce things by pulling out last minute, and, you know, uh, Bobby, if you want to come on the podcast to defend yourself, we won't have you. Yeah. (laughs) 
go for it when you don't even work on your own stuff. Exactly. Like, oh, what? I said that aloud? Oh, no, no, yeah. Oh, no, I'm so sure he listens to this, so yes. we're all in trouble. I hope it gets to him. Yeah. Bobby, you stole me uh, $50 from the 2017 Gateway Dirt Nationals when I bought a sweatshirt to you, and you never shipped it to me, and that's why I don't like you. Ah. $50 I paid. Yeah. Personal. Is Yo, that wait, why you're a Tyler Herb fan? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a Tyler I'm a Tyler Herb fan because everybody hates him. And yeah. I, like, I like people that are, are, are not liked. So. Yeah. But also because I any truck stop anywhere. Any <laughs> truck stop anywhere. Any parking lot. Where did you say? Yeah. Racetrack, parking lot, truck stop. Anywhere. I don't care. I don't yeah. care. Anywhere. <laughs> so great. All right. But well, I think that's going to do it for our news. Kind of a slow news week. I don't know. I just kind of grazed through everything before the... For the pod. You and wait till silly season comes back around to bite you, though. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen. Dude, sprint car silly season last year, like in September, was dumb. <laughs> it was unbelievable. There was like, I think there was a Tuesday where everybody, somebody dropped something and then there was like, it was like, all right, I guess we just released our news right now. And it was like 10 people released it. But yeah. It's going to happen again. Trust Try me. Try being with him and then all of a sudden all no. yeah. I, can only, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Lauren <laughs> salivates at the mouth over Sprint Car News. <laughs> oh, Sprint Car F1 News, too. I just... Yeah, absolutely. Living with him, it's like... Okay. I'm I know. just excited Monica's back this weekend, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm so pumped. I'm not, I might not go to, uh, it's Sprint Race. No, no, Sprint Race no, is no. at Imola. I'm more, I, and Silverstone. I'm more pumped for qualifying than I am for the race. Yeah. But. Because the race is basically just qualifying, but a lot of cars. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, oh, oh God, I'm so pumped. All right. That's going to do it for our quality freight rate news. We're going to come back with our old world meets, meat of the show. Now for the meat of the show, sponsored by Old World Meats. With 50 years of high-end provisioning under their belts, Old World Meats is known for their next-level quality meats, handcrafted sausages, and worldwide snack sticks. Old World Meats is the only certified Angus beef retailer north of Minneapolis, and we are proud to serve you with the best quality, service, and experience you can find in an old-fashioned butcher shop. Experience quality, taste the difference. Shop their store at 226 North Basswood Avenue in Duluth, Minnesota, or visit them online at owmduluth.com. It's the meat of the show. But, but we recorded the interview. So as long as there's two buns, this is technically the sandwich. The interview comes after this. I know. Oh, yeah. Yes. We're prefacing that. Will, Will said last week that it, this is the meat. So our show is a sandwich. Yeah, but the news but theoretically the news was what Chance says a little bit later. That is correct. That is correct. So. It's a sandwich, but they're anyway. not. The, and the buns aren't connected; they're separate. No, no. Yeah. you'll you'll yeah. understand. Keep listening. You'll understand what we're talking about. We talked to Chance Sasky here. That bit. keeps people wanting to listen to the interview, right? Yeah, there. exactly. Um, and if you're wondering why we talked to Chance Sasky, just listen. It's great. Uh, but also, have you li- been living under a rock? Hey, he's a wheel man. He is a wheel man. All right. So, topics. For this week, our hot topics, FR and F4 at Road America was awesome, it as was we, already, we already established. Oh, absolutely. Formula racing just gets the juice. You could, you, could race, you could race formula cars at a go-kart track, and I'd watch it. Like, oh. You could race them on, in a straight line through a field. We had cars with halos on them at Road yeah. America. How friggin' cool was that? That's the coolest thing ever. And so along those lines... Both of those series are directly sanctioned by the FIA. Is the FIA 
trying to test in the water at Road America here a little bit. There's not much that needs to be done for it to be a F1 compatible track. Somebody put on Reddit. Uh, Will was showing me. Yes. Will said it on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. He said somebody on Reddit uh, put genuinely laid it out. Shop. Yeah. Literally could not like handed it to Road America on a silver platter. This is your runoff areas, and yes. this is how you have to do it for F1 to show up. I asked Lauren. I was like, um, why isn't F1 here? F3. kind of just paving a bunch of gravel traps. Basically, and making some colors. Yeah. And even, like, they get to keep a bunch of the gravel. And now they have the NASCAR safer barrier in 11, so they would have had to put something there because someone will die if they don't. And they put F1 cars through the kink. But my bigger question to you is, do you think they'd run the kink or the bend? I think they'd run the bend. Yeah. Uh, I think FIA is a little bit too scared. Yeah, but I, again, I don't know. With the, I feel like F three cars didn't look terribly fast through there, and honestly, they did how much, a lot of stuff. Though. With how much downforce the F one cars have, I don't think it's even an issue. I feel like the no. if if anything, I feel like the underclasses would have to run the bend, and then F one would three run and F two, and then and then F one would run the kink. Yeah, but. I don't care. You could just run them only down the front stretch and then bring them back down pit lane and do it again, and I would still watch. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I know we always we always talk about F1 at Road America as a fever dream, but the fact that what is the North American version of Formula 3 is already here, I feel like this was, like, something that everybody overlooked, and I was trying to hype it up this week. I was like... F3 is at Road America this yeah. weekend, basically. Like, like <laughs> people don't, like, people, people don't, like, think about it, right? <laughs> Did you just break your no, chair? No, it just slid, uh, slid. Uh, slid uh, like, people, people don't think about it, but, like, for them to come, the track has to already be pretty close to sanctioned, like, like grade F1 two right ready. Yeah. yeah. So they have to be grade one or grade three. Grade one. Ever. So grade one. it's just more, like, they have to have, like, runoff area for the F1 cars. Runoff area, more bleachers. When you put an F1 car in a gravel, like, it's bad. Like, there is a, but, like, they'll keep a good portion of gravel. Like, a lot, there will still be gravel, but, like, off three where it's just grass, that'll hurt somebody. So they have to, and they're going to have to put fencing up a lot, and there'd have to be a lot of painted runoff, and this, that, the other thing, and a lot more marshal posts. And sorry all you boomers in the National Park of Speed group, but they would have to get rid of a lot of more trees. Yeah. So our apologies in advance, but yeah, that's been a big thing this week. Been a big I thing. Would literally trees, be man. Like what? Come on. F one. If, if they I, came there, I would. If they came here, I would. Yeah. I would literally sell like a kidney if it helped Road America fund their changes. Oh, absolutely. I would, Wait, I would, I saw if whatever organs that I have, that I don't yeah. need, to, I don't need to live. Just take it. I don't yeah. care. Like yeah. if that, if he, if I get a million for a kidney, I'll give it right to Kirchner. I guarantee you. Like I don't know. I obviously don't know the ins and outs of running a, a massive facility Maybe. like that. But Kirchner on the podcast. Yeah, there you go. His interview <laughs> on dinner dinner with racers a while ago was pretty sweet. Um, I can make that happen for but you. But I feel like if Road America went to potential investors, like. Big investors like Patronus, Patronus, or Heineken, or somebody like that—that that is a massive company, White or like Cognizant, you know, that's here in the U.S. Like stuff like that. If you went to a potential investor and said, "We're gonna bring we're gonna bring F one here," we just need in money. the next ten years. We need we need a certain million dollars because it would be many millions of dollars. Yes. I feel like <laughs> many more millions of dollars in UI probably, and everybody else in this apartment complex yes. are touching their lives. Probably tens <laughs> to hundreds, I would say, yes. of millions of dollars to 
make those upgrades. If they came forward with a, a business plan that was well thought out and, you know, said, if we do these things, F1 will come here because they would. Yeah. If, if to Road America, Coda? Absolutely. If Road America did that, I guarantee you FIA would bring, they'd bring Weck here first. And then they bring F one World Endurance Championship. Five years later, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, they already go there. Yeah, the World Endurance Championship goes to Road America. I know the the GT one. Oh no 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 no! What like actual WEC? Okay, with like the uh, the hypercars and stuff. Okay, because World Endurance Championship with GT three. It's Blanc Pond, right? Yeah, it used to be Blanc. Yeah, but now now it's World Endurance Championship. Yeah, they come in September every year. I was going to say, yeah, they come, but no. No, no, the prototypes and stuff, yeah. like the 24 hours. Like, the, I think they'd bring that here first and run a six-hour enduro or something, and then and then they'd bring F1 five years later. Obviously, I, I seriously think if Road America went to an investor and said, we're bringing F1 here in 10 years, here's how it's going to happen. They brought out a map of the track, here's everything that they had to do, and they did it, they'd have a. There is not years. stupid people in that. No. America group. No. Like, they're... I'm a NASCAR fan, and I would low-key, I would, no, not even low-key, I would high-key go see F1 before NASCAR. I just... That sounds like crap, but, like, there's not, I'm excited about it. There's not stupid people running Road America. Like, no. I could, I've, I've met every, almost everybody, and that's where I'm spoiled, is having, you know, with, with mom working there, but, like, I've met almost everybody at Road America, like, higher up and stuff, and... There's not stupid people there. I mean, there there is nobody stupid at that place. And they know that they have a good piece and obviously yeah. that they I'm sure this comes across every year. I, I you know, I'm not in meetings, but I'm sure this is probably something that's brought up more often than we think about. And yeah. there may be something. Like I you know, I obviously like I said, I don't know, but like you got like there's no way they just gloss over the fact that they could have F one there. You know, there's no way that doesn't come up in conversation every now and again. Yeah. I think their biggest problem would be pissing off shareholders and people like that, that if they had to make all those changes, who would it, you know, there's, there's two sides to every, everything. There's, yeah. You know, I don't know. Obviously the money thing is, is one side of things. And then Road America becomes infinitely more marketable when F1 circus shows up though. Oh, absolutely. Like even think about what cup did. Yeah. Like cup Xfinity weekend was big. Don't get me wrong. Okay, but Cup, they sold out of golf carts and campsites. They announced Cup Wednesday, and by Friday, they were out of everything. Yeah. There is no way to camp or golf cart if you already don't have one. Yep. Like, right. they, and parking passes are next. They're IndyCar. Yeah, they're done. IndyCar, yeah. too. Like, every yeah. year, they sell out immediately. Yeah. Like, you think about an F1 circus, okay? Road America's a big place. You can fit a lot of people in Road America. They, they, I know that... Road America doesn't release official attendance figures, but the rough estimates for last year's IndyCar weekend, around forty to fifty thousand range, and then in a pandemic, yeah, the first <laughs> year, the first year that they were there, the estimates were like seventy five, eighty. You got to think there's a lot of people who stayed home, and it wasn't full. No, Road America never gets no. full. You all, but if F one Circus showed if, up, it would oh, get full, and they, I get, that? they couldn't build a grandstand big enough to hold. You know, they couldn't build enough grandstands for that thing. I mean... But there's so much overlook. Like, you can you can go so many places at Road America to watch racing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there's infinite... Like, you could... I don't care. Like, IndyCar normally, or NASCAR, which I'm assuming is going to be even ten times more crazy this year, is, like, the bleacher spots, they're pretty much full all the time. 
you can still find a hundred places to stand at Road America. Oh, where yeah. Did, where yeah. did we go last year? You guys went up on that turn. The, you guys were by 14 in that. You guys were by 14 it was in that. What's like it called? The finish. You guys were we in that big that tower. What used to be the zipline tower. Are you talking about the end of the Yeah, Indy the Party? end of the race. We're that was 12. probably like the most exciting thing. Canada Corner is going to be. Yeah. On the but inside of 12 those like new the terrace first... things. That was That's, cool. Yeah. They really used, they basically laid, like, they cut the rock out. That's not even, like, artificial. That yeah, was, they just That was just a rock. big rock. <laughs> yeah. like, and they were That's just like, cool. yeah, we're just going to cut this and make some bleachers. They just put some gravel on top. It was but cool. Honestly, I would rather see IndyCar versus NASCAR. As a NASCAR fan, I'd rather see Indy. I, I just like IndyCar at Road America because they're made for road courses. Well, yeah. And but NASCAR as one, though, as yeah, one, yeah. I will take off one over now. I just, I think that, that was I think that amazing. you and I can sit and speculate as much as we want, right? Right, right. But we don't know what happens behind closed doors at Road America, no. and I can almost guarantee you this conversation gets brought up. Like, I, there's no way it doesn't. It, they'd no be, it, it doesn't. would be dumb. Like, that's why I say it. there's no dumb people at Road America. But, yeah. like, they would be dumb to not talk about this every now and again. Yeah, but I think we should yeah, get Kurt. the first conversation I asked. Kurt on the podcast. Kurt on the pot. I can text him. Rumor mill. Yeah, rumor mill. Kurt on the pot. <laughs> no, Kurt, you're back to a four ten. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the first question I asked Lauren when we first got there, I was like, "Why is F one not driving?" Kircher, uh, fun little Kircher story. I was standing in in main office when I got my SBRA pass and stuff like that this yeah. weekend. He walks up to me and he just uh, knowing he was he comes to watch Plymouth every now and again. Sure, and he. Uh, just kind of walks by me, and I just kind of wave at him. You know, I, I he's a busy man. I don't like to bother him. <laughs> Very busy man. And uh, he kind of just, I hear him like stop, you know. And he turned around and kind of like slapped me in the back. He goes, hey, good job on the feature Saturday. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about that later. Uh, another really feel-good thing this week at Angel Park is back. Uh, Angel Park is the coolest racetrack. All the time. Dude, Angel Park's the coolest racetrack in Wisconsin. It's it's only cool because of the history. National Midget Hall of Fame is there. It's like I, a big. It's an egg shape. It's flat. It's a big it's circle. Fast. It is so freaking awesome. The coolest dirt track show I've ever seen in person. Outlaws, there. NSL. What's that? NSL. National Sprint. National Sprint. Talk about is Angel Park. Because the IRA guys could actually compete. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when the Outlaws went there, though, that yeah. was. Do you remember uh, specifically when the Outlaws went there? And there's a. I, I'll never forget watching this in real life. Darren Pittman and Tommy Schatz are side by side oh. for the lead. And then Scotty Thiel springboards off the wall <laughs> in front of the leaders. And I was like, literally, that was the crazy. I was like, oh, wow. Like Actually, Brandon McMullen is on that highlight reel. Yeah. for He uh, just he got into the wall and just kind of tipped. Yeah. Yeah. He flipped at the start of that feature. He made the World of Outlaws feature. Yeah, that's that was what, like his, what, second four the car? old Ozzy number yeah. 73 car, which was like, a, I mean... Sorry, Ozzy and Fran. I know you actually listen to this podcast, but I think you guys can kind of admit that car was not anything Brand crazy a, special. Fran was just a wheel. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I'll never forget, like, I was so in tune to the shots Pittman battle that when I saw a 64 just dart. And, I mean, yeah. he hit that wall a ton. Like, he did hit that and, wall a ton. And it, it shot him back across the track. And that was... Like, it was the worst. It was a bad situation because I honestly thought Scotty was hurt because it took him yeah. a minute to get out of the car. But I'm sure a brunt wall hit like that sucks. Especially Angel where that backstretch, I mean, it looks like a big circle, but you get so much momentum going there up on it's the like top. It's like it's downhill into three. Yeah, it kind of is. It's almost like one four. Like, if you ever, I don't know how many people who listen to this have went to 141, but if you ever walk on the track, like for someone who's driven on it, if you walk on the track, 
one and two, you come into that corner and you're going uphill. Yeah. And then when you go down the back stretch, it is a walk down. You drop yeah. down the like you come into three carrying more. You wouldn't think you carry so much speed at that place until you sail it into the top and you're doing like Mach one. You're like, oh, like in a sport mod, I was like, whoa, yeah. Like my first time on that track, I was like, wow, like gravity this... works, huh? Gravity works. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm a sport mod driver. I don't know much about physics. All right, I can barely pass them out. Uh, yeah, I'm stoked. Angel Park's back this weekend. MSA uh, 360 Sprint Cars on Sunday with the Badger Midgets and the Wisconsin Legends. I'm so excited for you. I'm for audio listeners. I'm pointing at Amy. I'm so excited for her to see midgets for the first time. She's never seen midgets in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's gonna be something. She's it's going to be really cool. Chase McDermott walk the field. He has to see Chase McDermott win by five laps. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Dude, did you see? Okay. We got to say this for a second. Chase McDermott at, uh, where were they? Open Opener. At, no, no, no. Uh, it was the first Badger race of the year in Iowa somewhere. No, I didn't. Dubuque. Yeah. Dubuque Fairgrounds. Dude starts eighth in his heat race. He was first by lap three and he won by eight and a half seconds. He's so fast. It's unbelievable. <laughs> what? I think it's stupid quick. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. I like what you have in this next one. Rookie tape, good or bad? Okay. Yeah. Now, okay. So this was this is in reference to Chance Siskowski because we see all these pictures of him. He's dogfighting with uh, Jimmy Sivia and Chris Dodd. Yeah, English champs. Two past winless sprint car champions in Wisconsin. He's got a rookie freaking flag on the back of his car, and I'm like, it's kind of cool. Jared Burma made a good point. He said. It, it's demoralizing when you get passed by someone with rookie tape, yeah. so it's you should leave it on because Jared was going to tell him to take it off because he's obviously proved that he's yeah. fine to not have it on. But the reason, for those of you who don't know, rookie tape is either a like a bright generally orange, piece of caution tape. Yeah, usually it's bottom. like police police caution tape or something like that. Um, or in this case, Chance had a orange like flag a, that says, a, do you know what it says? Yeah, I know. It, what says, it says, I don't worry. I'm an iRacing pro. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a pro iRacer or whatever. Yeah. Wait, is that what he had in his car? When we went yeah. To yeah. That oh, really? Flag, yeah. I didn't even realize that. But he has to have that on by rule for I think five, nights. five nights. Five at nights at Plymouth. I think it's three nights at Plymouth or at, at uh, Wilmot, I believe okay. for the wingless cars. I could be wrong. Jared Burr was going to correct me. Of course. Of course. Well, um, <laughs> But no, so my question was, is that is that tape a good or a bad thing? Because I feel like for the people that are racing with the rookie, it might be kind of a good thing because it can be like, okay, this guy might be a little bit of a squirrel because he doesn't know, you know, he hasn't been on the track more than five nights or three nights or whatever it is, you know, so I'm going to take it a little easy going around this guy. But is it demoralizing? I feel like it's a little bit demoralizing for the rookie to have to put that thing on there, especially if you're... If you prove that you're good enough, I remember a specific example was you after Gravity Park, and they wanted you after you won your friggin' heat. They wanted you to put caution tape back on your car. They wanted to me because I didn't have caution. Yes, and I that's this is kind of where this is coming from because obviously Chance, I feel like after he made the feature last week, he was fine. You know, he didn't. There's need dudes that. who've been in wingless cars for five years and they can't make the feature. Yeah. So I mean, I mean they should have tape. No offense. Cars. Not, no offense. <laughs> we're not naming any names. I can but, start. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ballpark back, everybody. Uh, no. But Split chance. It. I mean, freaking freaking third. I mean, and Jared, to his credit, Jared went up to him after he's like, "You can take that cost tape off. Like, no big deal." But like, I I feel like if you if you finish. 
top ten, or if you make the feature on your first or second night out, you should be able to take that off. I have a, I have an interesting opinion on this because I am fresh off rookie table. Yeah, yeah, and I never ran it. Okay, so like I had. I was a pretty special case though, because during COVID, like I had a lot of practice. Like, yeah, I got, to, I, and that's where I think I, I was learned. with you every night, and I, learned, <laughs> I learned every a week. lot. You know, like yeah. you get to learn a lot when you get that much. Most people don't get the opportunity to practice as much no. as I did. No, but um, they wanted me taped up for Plymouth and Gravity, Gravity, and I never ran it. They they handed it to me basically. You got to put this on your car. I'm like, oh, it's stupid. No, and first night out at Gravity, I remember I past five cars i started ninth and i finished or i started ninth finished third i passed yep. six to get into the feature with 48 sport bonds yeah uh, kind of ran in the back got wrecked whatever that's fine next day i came to plymouth because we had the back-to-backs with the sprint cars and i got yelled at when i got there that i didn't have tape on the past night. yeah i was like i'm not gonna put it on and they're like well, you have to you're a rookie i was like well i made the show last night i, I think i i think if people don't know already that i can hold my line at least yeah it's not gonna help them uh, I went out and I won my heat race by like half track. Yeah. In my second night in my car. <laughs> and they You're were like cool. they were like, You're lucky we don't DQ you for not having your tape on. We told you twice now. And I was like, Are you kidding me? It's like that's at the point where it's it I feel like if you prove a, yourself, like really? Yeah. And and even when I went to Plymouth they told me to put it on. I'm like, I have three nights at Gravity Park already. I was Plymouth like, wouldn't let you start up front in your heat race because you so didn't have enough. That's lights. the other thing that really yeah. uh that that needs to be brought up in this yeah, conversation. Yeah, that needs to be fixed. So I was a rookie, and Will Garceau was a rookie, and not to—I I don't mean to name drop. He didn't do anything wrong. He's a no, good driver. No, but Will Garceau started in the pole of his heat one, and then he started in the pole of the feature his first night at Plymouth ever. Yeah, and it's like third night in a car. Yeah. I had to start in the back of my heat 14. race, and I had to start in the back of my heat race and the back of the feature, even though I made I made up spots in my heat race. Okay, yeah. and you had already won a heat race, and that that season. pissed me off. That was bad. And I went I went to Dave Mose at Plymouth, and I said, hey, like. You know, I don't know if you didn't tell them, but like I have car like nights in my car. I don't need to be starting in the back. Yeah. And he's like, well, I didn't, you know, like I, why did they make you start in the back last week? I was like, you tell me. Like I, the only reason my car got wrecked is because I got started in the back. Yes. Because someone spun in front of me and yeah. I like, had a bad night at Plymouth. Happens, trust me. And like <laughs> what, what pissed me off was like there was a, another rookie who was just up front all night. Yep. And I had to start in the back. And again, Will didn't do anything wrong. He just took, no, he like, just, you can start up front. And they he's didn't, like, all right. They didn't, they didn't know, you know, like, yeah. but he wasn't running for rookie of the year. Okay? Right. So I, my last year, last year I was like, I'm running for rookie of the year at Plymouth. I want to win an award my first year. And they knew I was a rookie because I had committed and said, hey, I'm a rookie running for yeah. rookie points. They didn't know Will was. And they, Will was kind of just touring. He was, he's with the Bob Cullen racing. So him and Jesse Cullen. Yeah. Um, they kind of just float, you know. They just kind—they don't really run for points anywhere. They just race, bounce around, and, and uh, which that's cool and all. But they didn't know he was a rookie, so they let him start up front. And it's like, you know, it, maybe if I would have had a front starting spot, I'd have been better that night, and yeah. I wouldn't have been behind the eight ball to start the season when it came to rookie of the year. Right? Because I was already behind the eight ball, missing the first opening night. Remember, I missed yeah. the opening night, and yeah. uh, then you I missed had, four races last year. In total. I, I missed. I, no, I made those races. I just had DNFs because of car problems. Uh, so yeah. I missed opening night, and the next three nights I had DNFs. Yep. But, like, their their rules have to be the same. Like, yep. if I'm a rookie and he's a rookie, we both should be starting in the back. We both should be given freedom. I feel like yep. this, these days people come into racing 
with enough know-how. Like nobody's just there is no race car driver anywhere right now who's never been around racing that just jumps in a dirt car. Like you, if you should have the honor system of saying I want like. I started in the back of my heat race at Gravity Park. That yeah. night. Remember, I I drew fourth. Yeah. But I started in the back. Yep. And it's that honor system of I don't know if I'm good enough yet. Yeah. I think that it should be off that system. If you want to fly a flag and look like a dip, that's cool. Like, but I never flew one because most people know you anyways. And yeah. You're gonna race people the same. I don't care if you have a flag or. I don't care what you have in your car. Like, if you're all over the racetrack, I'm gonna race you the same as. If you have yeah. a flag and you're all over the racetrack, like, and they don't even really enforce the caution tape stuff at Plymouth because there's a no. couple rookies who just don't, especially in the spring cars too now, because they've had I think they've is this past night their third night yeah. at Plymouth and is it five nights at Plymouth? I know Matt Recheck doesn't use it anymore, Caitlin Krebsbach doesn't use it anymore, but those people have demonstrated their ability to drive. Caitlin Krebsbach, by the way, just a little touch, she is. Freaking good for her, like, fourth night in a sprint yeah, car. She's going to be very good. She is, she, like, in any car. She's very good at already, like, taking it slow. Like, I watched her a lot at practice, and she yeah. was very good at just working up to it. She wasn't like me, who just went out and tilted it. She was very good at working up to things. And she's very good right now at just taking it slow and, and rolling with the punches and stuff like that and working up to being fast as opposed to trying to be fast out of the gate. She reminds me of a little bit of Hunter Custer with how, he began his IRA career not having never driven anything before, and he just kind of hopped in, and you know that sounds like a, a either a mistake or like like whoa, like why are you jumping into a four ten right away? You got to remember Russell Borland did the same exact thing. Yeah, Russell Borland's had a last year was I would call his breakout year. Really, he's, he's going to win a feature this year. I'm oh, yeah. fairly confident. But with those two guys, I mean they they spent a lot of years just you know especially Hunter Custer with last year the year before where he just spent the entire year staying out of people's way and learning how the car works and how it drives and everything and he just made an all-star feature this past weekend so i you know there's Patience is very uh, yeah and i feel like caitlin's kind of do the same thing in the 360s uh, matt recheck i feel like is a little bit of an exception he's wheeled everything he's driven everything yeah like he, 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 <laughs> he's very you good want at an example of someone who doesn't need a damn piece of tape on their car Yes, I mean, he has, he has experience in so many things. And, you, like, with the stuff that you'd see him doing on the racetrack. But the first night, first night at Plymouth, he had a piece of tape. But, like, the, like look <laughs> at him in the B-Main on Saturday. I mean, he was throwing sliders at Connor. Yeah. What rookie throws sliders? Like, Will Garrett. Well, that too. Well, Will's like, not a rookie anymore. He looked like one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he cut the tires for that wheelie, apparently. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so. Yeah, but I think... Uh, that's a good stupid. discussion on it. Yeah. That's the end. Right there. Mask regulations are loosening in the motorsports world. NASCAR will not require face masks outside anymore. But if you're in, if you're in like anything enclosed, right? Like anything enclosed, like the garage area, you have to have a face mask on. But if you are, there's like, it's very specific. If you're in an enclosed space, like I think it also includes like underneath a roof. So like if that a roof also includes your pit box. So if you're in your pit box next to your people, you can't. You have to have a face mask on. If you're in an interview, I think you have to have one on as well. No, you don't. No, you don't. Okay. No, because well, a lot go. of the drivers in interviews just don't wear them, and none of the NASCAR and NBC people wear them. Well, there you go. Uh, but then if you're walking in between, let's say your hauler and your garage, or your hauler in the pits, or your hauler in the track, or wherever, you don't have to have one on. It's a good, it's a good step. 
we're getting, you know, if you'd have caught me about a year ago. We beat COVID! Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. If you'd have caught me about a year ago, you know, like, like when all this stuff was starting back, like, last March, like, you would you think we'd be where we're at? No. Like, I thought this was going to be a five-year I, I also thought this would yeah. be a five-year Like, thing. we're, you know, there's, you can put politics aside and think, it, you know, it was a virus. It killed some people. I mean. We had fans at the F1 race in Spain. Yeah, but. Last weekend, it's like, like this was before our t- like it was happening even beforehand. Yeah. Well, America was, was way late in on the game yeah, on a lot but of it, stuff. But it was like you know, like it it's taken people like even personally for me, obviously. But it's like it's nice to see that we're just like getting out of it. You know, yeah. It is nice. It is a very refreshing thing to go. Hey, like even like right now in Wisconsin, I know it's pretty like centric on where you're from, mm. but in Wisconsin, um, you don't need masks anymore american family field is going to be full capacity as of june and you 25th. don't like you don't need masks like walmart now is uh making it optional for vaccinated people um, but they can't ask if you're vaccinated what did uncle joe say this past week he said uh if if, vaxxed or masked yeah he yeah. basically said if, if you and fauci wear a mask was, or get vaccinated. fauci even said you don't need a mask anymore yeah like so it's like you know like we're starting to kind of get out of it it's Put politics aside, I don't care who you voted for. I don't care if you voted for a lemon. Like, just, yeah. we're getting out of something that was terrible for us. Like, it, oh, was, yeah. it was genuinely, like, the, like... Terrible for everybody's health, terrible for the economy, terrible for people's well-being, terrible for everything. You and know, we're like, starting to dig out of it, and yeah. that's good. And I don't care, you know, like, I don't... Like I said, politics aside, it's like you... You gotta see that as Americans and, and as people, we're starting to really dig out of this. And, especially the racing world, man. Yeah. Like, my big move of the week... Last week wasn't a move on track. It was Tony Stewart standing at the gate at Eldora and welcoming each and every fan back to Eldora that they could have. It was limited capacity, but he stood there for hours and, you know, fist bumped everybody that came in. And it's like, that is how much that fans mean to this sport. Because without without fans, we're nothing. No. And that's the thing is like, if we didn't have you fans at the racetrack or even just during the pandemic, even just watching on flow racing or dirt vision every single week, if you can't go to the racetrack, like if you're, you know, if you're, if you cannot leave your house or if you can't make if that's it to your the racetrack, choice, like you are still watching, like you yeah. are still finding the means to watch exactly means of the world. And that it, it, you find a way to watch and you find a way to, to support because even if you like the tracks that have flow racing and have dirt vision and have, you know, whatever it is, they get a little bit of kickback from that stuff. So it's not much, but it is something. And, it, you know, that's if that's the way that you could contribute, that's awesome. But if it weren't for you fans being at the racetrack and watching at home, we wouldn't have a reason to do this. Like, I wouldn't have a reason to, you know, you guys wouldn't have a reason to promote, or uh, you guys wouldn't have a reason to drive. And if you guys didn't drive, I wouldn't have anybody to promote, and I wouldn't have any be have anybody to just basically be paid to be a super fan of. I <laughs> I said, you know, like when this all started, I'm like, you know, I don't know if I want to race if, if there's no fans. Like, yeah, it is very much like, and that kind of goes to like another conversation where it's like people leaving Plymouth because the B mods are less and nobody wants to watch, and then if I win a feature, I look up in the stands and there's 50 people. Although recently, I have to say it's been better. That's because we've been just throwing stupid stuff at each other and making good races. We've been throwing stupid stuff at each other in the races. Done at 9.30. That's off to Plymouth, by yeah. the way, on that. I don't know why we're going 
back to six. <laughs> yeah. Please, Plymouth, if just you are start listening, at five. please just start at five. Nobody's God. doing anything else on a getting, Saturday. Getting done at 8.45 is so, so nice. nice. Oh, dude. I'm, then I'm, like, drunk by 9.30 in bed at 11. Like, we were at Wilmot, and I think Hot Laps had just finished. And I get a text that Nothing Will finished started. fifth in the A main. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> say we what? We're qualifying right now. <laughs> like, what? Right. It was I so... feel like everything is starting later. And it's like, I get, like, summer's coming up. But, like, come on. I just know that, like. But at the same time. Especially on Saturday when you're not waiting for people to get off work. Like, I, it doesn't make sense. Fridays, I can get starting at yeah. 7 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, Saturdays, like, I was at the track at 1230 this week. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my choice. I get it. But, like. What are you doing? Honestly? When I worked at Plymouth, I was at the track. I don't know what was I there two o'clock every single yeah. time. I like. And then you were there until almost like eleven. Yeah, because they started at six thirty. But yeah. it's like you know, I I like that. I like that we're starting early. I would, I really like to see. Honestly, this. I feel like people would. I think that's getting brought up in the drivers meeting next I week. I think more people would come if things started a lot earlier. I think you know what else is going to get brought up in the drivers meeting. What? The people park in the brakes right after the checkered flag. Hey. Yeah. They are because it it all even right. happens in sport mods. Yeah. Like it doesn't even just happen in sprint cars. Like you know, it, it doesn't happen in late models. Like, I just, wasn't gonna put this in here, but I feel like it needs to be talked about. No, um, no, I don't want to name any names because it's not worth it. it. Yeah, it's not it's not worth it. And honestly, it's just not worth my time. But you cannot after the checkered flag. I don't even. His car, I don't think his car broke because he drove it right back to his pits just fine. He was pitted right next to you. Um, you cannot jump on the binders immediately after the I always race an extra And make lap. a hard right towards the outside wall. Oh, I get if you're avoiding something, right? He wasn't, though. But, like, if everybody just played the honor system of, hey, like, run a half a lap extra. Yeah. Like, I always... Which is most of the time what everybody does I, anyway. I generally, like, even, like... <sighs> Unless, unless like I'm, it's a heat race, you know. I'll pull off right away. Like, but at that even like after the checker, I'm the the universal signal for race car drivers is your hand out your window waving. You tell people you're slowing down. So even if they're like, oh shit, like I'm still full tilt, turn down, or but like you know to avoid you. But like generally everybody's like, okay, I'm I'm still full tilt through one and two. But then on the back stretch, I kind of woe it down. I put my shit into second gear and we go off the racetrack. You know what I mean? It's one thing, like when you said, if you're in a heat race in a sport mod where you're going 60, 70, somewhere in there, something like that, not a race. I go slower than everybody Or else. if you're in the, a sprint car feature with 22 cars on the track, nobody pulled off, to my knowledge, it was green to checkered. Either way, you're running like, I can't remember where he was running. I just he think was running that, like 12 or something. Yeah. Slams on the brakes after the checkered. The track is like greasier it's than anything yeah. it's literally raining you slam on the brakes and turn hard right i i hope that something broke i i'm I, sorry but if you slam you've got cars streaming past you he break before the checkered flag if you look at the video and i'm sorry but like I, this might sound like i'm biased or something i'm just telling you what i saw on the Literally, dude was caught in 4K. <laughs> like, you know, it was like, you're on video doing it's it, dude. It's very much, like, if you... I don't know. I just think that, like, there was better decisions to be made. I get it. The race is over. Yeah. yeah the race is over. And you even if you're having a... Sh- you you if cannot... You're, like, if you're having a bad night, ooh. even, like, like if you finish 14th and you knew you had a better car or whatever, I don't care. Like, 
I'm always fast to pull off because I don't like even even like like I'm fast to pull off the racetrack. Like generally, like the night that we got time limited, I mean the second they were like we're time limited, Odakirk pulled down in the infield. Colin and I went literally third gear fast off the track. Like yeah. we went through one and two to to ensure that we didn't bottle the field up. Yep. And that's where like you're like you're dealing with like race car drivers that are smart. Like Jesse's yeah. a good guy, smart. Jesse's guy. very very and smart. Him and I had that same mentality where it's like, okay, well, racing's over. Um, let's go. Like you know, yeah. we're not gonna sit here and we're not gonna sit here and, and like dip under caution and and be idiots or be mad we didn't win the race. It's just we went full sail through one and two. You know, get through it cleanly, put your shit down into a different gear, and go to the scales and be done. But I think that getting like, I I. <sighs> As a driver, I wonder what is what the mentality was. Yeah, like, why? I don't know. You know. I just but, don't and, understand and I hate it. to sit and blame because it may have just been a mistake. Right, right? Like, and honestly, the I will say this, this kid is he's younger and he's in, more inexperienced. But at the same time, just I feel like common sense is you're running in the middle of the pack. You have, you know, guys like Paul Pekorski, who is the unfortunate victim in all of this, running behind you, bearing down on you. It's the last lap. He's racing for position with Matt Recheck, and almost took out Matt too. I mean, it was very, very close. It's, it's, I I hope it's just a circumstance. I hope it was, I hope it was some kind of an accident. But I know it's going to get brought up on our drivers. It better. And I know it will because I've heard about it. Like I have, I I heard it before I left the track. I heard about it at Road America the next day too. People are very, uh, there's been a lot of, uh, I don't want to make you bleep words, but there's no other way to describe it other than yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. There's yeah. just been a lot of Tom tomfoolery, Tom yeah, <laughs> at, 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 at Plymouth and especially in our division. I mean, yeah. there has been some boneheaded. Hasn't been limited to years, years though. No, there. No, normally, normally sport mods are the like kicked down redheaded stepchild of Plymouth. Yeah, and that's another conversation. But like, it hasn't been limited to us, which is very foreign to me. Also, like, I mean, first of all, props to the sprint cars. They needed to get that feature done as quick as possible with the rain coming. No they went green to checkered, but then that happens at the end, and then obviously with how wet the track already was, it was almost impossible to get Pekorski's car off of the racetrack in the first place. kind of screwed us. Yeah, and it, and it wet the track just way too much for the sport mods to even get it. We, were, in, so. we were starting to get it packed in, and then, and then it started to rain it harder. It started to rain harder, and then it stopped. But there was that probably two minutes, five minutes of just torrential rain yeah. was too much. Like, it had we have continued, we would have at least gotten half the feature in. Like, if that would have yeah. went, if it would have been green to checker, sprint cars off, sport mods on, the track wouldn't have had a chance to go greasy. We would have at least had a lane or two of racing. And it would have been tacky, it would have been faster, probably would have been some cautions, but I feel like we would have gotten half the race in before that torrential rain. Because it was 15, 20 minutes before that big rain hit. Yeah, and, and it was, they probably had, I mean, legitimately 20, 30 minutes uh, trying it, to get the course. It was, it was enough for me to feel the need to shut my car down and have my dad yeah. cover the air filter so it didn't get wet. Which, honestly, that's nobody's fault. No. I mean, the track did so everything the, they could. The so the tow truck broke a hydraulic line trying to, yeah. to, to pick up Paul's car, and then the ambulance couldn't get up the, the hill because it was so... To Paul, yeah. It was, it was wet. And, and then the trucks, when they got the, tr- the car, finally, were just sliding everywhere. And luckily, Paul was... He was fine. Thank, thank God. I mean, that was... I saw that wreck from lineup because I was starting. Yeah, fourth, so you I was had a good outside. deal with it. <laughs> yeah, and I just saw a car like you know. I saw. I knew he ramped somebody. Just the yeah. way no car just picks the front end up like that. And and it was, it was a scary wreck. Like and then you know 
you got to think, like, I'm in my car ready to race, okay, and then they bring this destroyed race car past me. I'm like, is this even worth it? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I, you and I talked to Bill Weinog on, on, yeah. at Road America, yeah. and coming out onto the track, Bill and I made eye contact when he was standing under the grandstands, and I just looked at him and shook my head. Yeah. Like, I'm in my car driving onto the racetrack, and I see Bill... And we just, like, you can just tell when two people lock eyes like that. And I just looked at him, and he, he did the same thing back to me. It was it was, it was was never going to work. Like, no. I, I do, I would like to give Plymouth props for letting oh. us make our own decision. Well, and they they rushed that show as much as they yeah. possibly could. They t- they did take, like, a 15-minute intermission, but they, they had to rework the track. I think they could have reworked it a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, but it, it definitely needed some kind of rework, and they, they tried... And I feel like they did what they could in the amount of time that they had to... They needed yeah. to... Um, they needed 15 more minutes of no rain. Yeah. what they needed. Yeah. Because even with that whole situation with Paul and the wreck, if we had 15 clear minutes, we could have got that. You could have you could have packed it in and then ran Not it Not even. Like, rain. if it would have just had... If that rain would have just stopped and then started 15 minutes later, we would have yeah. been fine. I mean, you saw what the IRA did at Out of Gaming last year where they ran their entire show while it was raining. Well, at at, at Seymour, the dust was literally catching the rain. Like, we were getting mudded on. Like, the dust would catch the rain because it wasn't torrential. Right. It was just misty. And it would come down and just keep the track tacky. And it was the fastest IRA feature I ever done seen in my life. It was awesome. But it was was cool. That, that, the the track actually wanted to be raced on that night. Plymouth just didn't want to be raced on. Yeah. Alright, our big context, big move of the week, uh, can't be anything but this. I don't have any video clips of it, because I don't think uh, it's been edited Grandstand yet. Grandstand Video should have it up soon. They'll have it up soon, yeah, we'll share it to our page when we get the chance. Uh, Jimmy Sivia winning the uh, Wisconsin Wingless feature at Wilmot with a last Basically pass. Basically a three-wide pass on three Chance Wisowski. Which, which <laughs> by the way, we're mentioning Chance Wisowski getting passed for the lead. He? Yeah. his third night in the car. <laughs> Just insane. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, so props to Jimmy. Um, he's the defending champion for a reason. But yeah, speaking of Chance Siskowski, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with our gas roots hot seat. And we're going to talk to Chance about his third night ever in a wingless sprint car. And Sean Ray Hall. I'm a friggin' pony. Oh, my Sh- God. Sean Ray Hall just poked Why is Sean Ray Hall in my house? What up? <laughs> <What's> up <dude? laughs> the right. guest interview nobody wanted, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a has-been. Hey, now. <laughs> He's a has-been. All right, we'll take a break, come back, and talk to Chance. Now for our Gassert's Project Hot Seat segment. Wisconsin-based Gassert's Project is a nonprofit organization working to strengthen and grow grassroots racing. Since 2017, the project has produced several short films and articles in addition to financially assisting racers and tracks through awards and sponsorships. To donate or learn more, visit gassertsproject.com. Welcome to the Gasroots Project Hot Seat segment, and we are here with a very special guest, one of our Box 3 racing drivers, and we have two Box 3 racing drivers in the studio, if you want to say we're in the studio, but we have Chance Siskowski on the phone right now, Wisconsin Wingless Sprint and Wilmot Raceway rookie this year. Chance, how are we doing? Not too bad. 
Yeah, not too bad. I feel like you're understating yeah. your your sense of like wonderment of life right now. <laughs> how how actually are you doing? How have the past couple days been? Uh, past day, really, I guess. How has that been? And uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of elaborate. How did last night go? And uh, what's your day been like since then? Yeah, so uh, I mean, I guess I'll just start from like the beginning of the night to the end of the night, like yeah. we roll off and, and wheel packing and we changed, um, we were trying to put a one-to-one linkage on the carburetor and, uh, I'm out and, you know, wheel packing, just gassing it up a little bit and Give just kind of yeah. feeling it out. Cause I knew it was going to feel different and, uh, <laughs> the throttle stuck in wheel packing. <laughs> um, and, so I shut the thing off. They pushed me back in the pits and, and they, uh, you know, somebody comes up to me and is like, what happened? And I'm like, well, the throttle stuck. So there's that. So we pull the hood off and, um, you know, put the old linkage back in and <clears throat> that, that was kind of a, a weird start to what the whole night ended up actually being, you know, <laughs> it, what it actually was. So, um, you know, we go out for the, the heat race and really quickly before we go on, the Wisconsin Wingless Sprints don't qualify, correct? I thought they used to, but they haven't so, yet this um, year. Um well, I don't know how they do it at other places. I think sometimes well, they used to do like qualifying and hot laps, but it's just pill draw and then passing points at Walmart at least. I don't know if they do that like other tracks too. I'm I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. They qualified at Beaver Dam. They did qualify at Beaver Dam. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. carry, carry on. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify. So, I wanted to clear that up. <laughs> yeah, I, to be honest with you, I, we didn't even really know what was going on the first few nights anyway. So <laughs> Just happy to be there. Um, yep. So, uh, yeah, no, we, we, we go out for the heat race on the first start. We're in second, like, down the back stretch, and uh, yellow comes out, so we get moved back to seventh. Um and uh get back up to third and kind of the motor was stumbling a little bit it wasn't halfway down the straightaway it looked like i was letting off and i rolled back in the pits and um you know timmy comes up to me he's like you just settle in or whatever and i'm like no i i I don't know if he came up to me or we were just talking about it but i remember remember him saying like oh it just kind of looked like you settled in i didn't know there was anything going on with the motor Hmm. and i was like yeah we just wasn't running right and uh kevin uh hinich or hinch i can't remember how to pronounce his last name he worked he works on clumco stuff Mm. uh, actually came over and helped us out with the carburetor because we got no idea what we're doing with the carburetor Um, either (laughs) and he helped yeah he helped us out and uh got that thing running right afterwards and um roll off third in the feature and uh you know kind of rolled around. I think we were back to fourth at one point and got, got past that 22 car and uh, got back past Dodd. And it, uh, I can't remember exactly how the last half of that race like went. Cause it was a little chaotic, but yeah. um, at one point I, I think I was sticking my nose under Sivia and kind of side by side for the lead. And I think, um, Chris was saying that I actually led for like down the back stretch one time and uh, I had a nose on him, I guess. And huh. yellow comes out with two to go and 
Jimmy, obviously, being the driver that he is, he knows he knows he ain't going to be able to 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 hold on to it completely if he's going to keep keep it up on top. So he you know he goes down there on the bottom and um, you know kind of ruined my momentum and and the line that I had mm-hmm. um, just because you got another guy right in front of you and um, just about get into him on the last lap and. Uh, <laughs> Chris Dodd gets around me. Jimmy jumps the cushion in three and four. Me and Dodd are side by side to the line, and here comes Jimmy, flies right under both of us and wins it. And I mean, it's the the cool part about it. Obviously, is that we ran third in our second ever feature. But another cool part about it is that like that race was just a like awesome race, and mm-hmm. I think everybody there will say that. You know that was one of the better wingless races they've had at Wilmot. Yeah, um, I would definitely. Say and, that, yeah, and to be a part of that, to be in the mix, like, it, like that's that's so awesome. And I like, I'm so proud of our team. Like, we don't have all the resources in the world, um, and you know we never have with anything that we've really done. But we've always made it work, and uh, it's it's just crazy. It, you know, I'm running on three hours of sleep. I had to be at work at six o'clock. So, <laughs> um, I, I didn't sleep very well, if you can't tell. So it's I, just been a crazy 24 hours. <laughs> I was unbelievably hyped up last night, and I had to force myself to go to sleep because I also had to work really early. But um, you you said it's so awesome, and I think that's even an understatement because you were just. I don't know if it's. I don't know if you were there or racing, but you were battling for the lead with Chris Dodd and Jimmy Sevia. Who, for those people who are listening who don't know, aren't those the two past? Those champions? are the yes. Those are the two <laughs> past cha- wing, Wisconsin Wingless Sprint Series champions. This was your second ever feature, and just to back up a little bit, what were what was your reaction when you realized that you were going to be starting third? in your second ever feature out of 40 cars there? Um, I mean, if you think about it too much, I think you can really dig yourself a hole. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I knew that we were going to be starting pretty good because we made, you know, we passed four cars in a heat race, so the, the odds of us starting somewhere up front, I, I don't know exactly how the invert works or if it's straight up off of passing points. I'm not even completely sure, but... I knew the odds of us starting within, you know, the first four rows was pretty good. So when I saw we were starting third, I kind of, I went over and told Chris, I'm like, and he's like, hmm. I'm like, all right, here we go. So, um, <laughs> getting thrown to I the mean, wolves early. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just kind of like the first few laps, you kind of just see what you got and we roll around down there on the bottom and, um, felt good down there in the heat race. So we kind of had it set to, to kind of do the same thing. Cause we felt like the line that we were running wasn't really being utilized that much the whole night. So, um, just kind of didn't really make any crazy changes for the feature. And I think, I think that paid off actually. So, um, it, it's, it's crazy to think about it, but you know, you're just, you don't want to overcomplicate stuff and, and put too much pressure on yourself. You just got to kind of go with, go with the flow and take it all in stride. Cause, um, the more you think about it and, and the more, more you run it through your head before it actually happens, I think, um, they're going to get more butterflies 
in, in the moment. So it's so easy, like, and and I can kind of speak on it where it's like you know first year, second year when you start up front. And, like, you know there's fast guys. Like, there is some certified, like, fast race car drivers in front of you. It is so easy to overthink and just dial yourself out of the park trying to change too much on the car and stuff. And and a lot of the learning experience that I had was, like, just your car worked. Why change stuff? You know what I mean? I, you got to chase the racetrack, especially in dirt racing, especially around here with how fast, fast the tracks get slick. But, like, you know, if you go out and, and win the heat race or something like that, and you try to change stuff on all four corners of the race cars, like, you're just overthinking it, you know what I mean? And a good race car driver can make an ill-handling race car work. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really easy to dial yourself out of the park, I think, um, especially being a rookie or a second-year driver like you and I. But I think that the you saying that you didn't change much is such a, a big thing for me because I know how you feel where you're like, I, I want to change all these things because I don't want to be behind the eight ball when it comes feature time. But at the same time, why change so much when your car works? You know, I think that's a pretty big thing and it's a really, really steep learning curve to not want to like just try to just change everything because you know, okay, well, I'm starting up front. I got to be fast. But if it was fast in the heat race, chances are it's going to be pretty decent for the feature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we... <clears throat> I was the one who, you know, just like you, Trevor, I was the one thinking, I'm like, should we suck the right rear in and, um, you know, go real low, you know, lower, lower down the stagger and all this. And, and Chris, Chris and Timmy were both adamant. They're like, no, I like, we don't have to do a whole bunch. You know, we'll change, we'll change a little bit here, mess with the air pressure. That'll, that'll lower your stagger a little bit. And, um, you know, just little stuff that we've done already. And we know how the car reacts to it. And, and like, we don't have a, a typical car. Like it, it's, you know, these, these JBs are notorious for, for getting real tight, easy. So, um, they were real adamant on, on not, um, you know, not going crazy and changing a whole bunch of stuff. And I was, I, you know, I had no idea. I, I was just thinking like instinctively, like, Oh, that track's going to be real slick. Um, suck the right rear in and you know they they both knew better because it it paid off in the end and the thing was the thing was rolling man so um i don't think i don't think we really overdid it on that part and just uh just for a point of reference here what uh what year is your jv chassis (laughs) it's a 1999 (laughs) so for the people listening at home uh I do want Chances to point... Chassis can drink. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, I want to point out that your 1999 JB chassis, I know for a fact, beat f- at least five, I know there's at least five, brand new 2021 DRC chassis that ran at Wilmot last night in the Wisconsin wingless feature, which is, I mean, you know... Put it in perspective, you know, I don't know where they started or who were driving those cars. I mean, I know who were driving, but we don't name names. But, you know, I feel like that's a that's a pretty cool accomplishment that, you know, we talked to Carson Short uh, a couple weeks back and we said we talked to him about doing a lot with a little. I feel like that beating all those cars with a 1999 JB is the definition of doing a lot with a little. I mean, I, I don't, it's, um, you know, the story on that thing is pretty cool. Um, it, my uncle bought that car brand new back in 99, um, and ended up selling that in a 410, um, over to, I can't exactly remember who, 
Um, but somehow it circulated back and, uh, we actually got the thing for free, um, last year from, uh, somebody we knew and we're like, you know, Chris is like, we're going to, we're going to put this thing, we're going to make this thing a non-wing car, you know? <laughs> and, you know, lo and behold, I mean, it's our first car and, um, it just goes to show, man, like you don't need all the, the fancy parts. You don't need to go get a whole bunch of, we got two titanium bolts on the whole car. So <laughs> you don't need, you don't need, you know, fancy bolts and fancy components and you know, all that titanium stuff or, you know, a brand new frame, all that. I mean, if you got something that, you know, has worked in the past and you got something that you're familiar with and you know how it works, um, I mean, it, it's, it's more about knowing what you got rather than having the best stuff. If you know how to set the thing up, yep. you're going to be in a lot better shape in the long run. That's the thing that we've been finding out with uh, Sean's stuff this year. Like, we've got a lot of the newer stuff this year, but it takes a year, I think, for you to get used to those new things. And that's one of the reasons we've taken this couple-week break is it's taken us it, – it's take it's thrown us for a loop. Like, we put all the new stuff in, and we were faster – right out of the gate but now that we were faster now it's like fine-tuning everything and if you go the wrong way on that really lightweight or you know expensive stuff if you go the wrong way even a little bit on that kind of stuff you're screwed and you're all of a sudden you're a second and a half off and there's nothing you can do but i feel like in your case with that 99 chassis your crew and your you know your family Chris, that works that Chris it. knows that car yeah, so well already because exactly. he bought it. And that kind of goes back to what you and I were talking about, Chance, the other night. Guys can sit and outspend you all they want, but they yeah. can't outwork you. And when you, when you, if you work harder than everybody, it don't matter how much money you have. You can be running some used up rubber like Johnny Fall, and yeah. you can still be fast. Johnny you know Fall what I mean? finished. What did he finish? Seventh or eighth in points? But last you don't year? need. You don't need. I mean, the big money stuff. I mean, I'm, we didn't I'm sure have brand cool, new tires but. either. We've been running the same. You know that right rear is. Uh, one of the right rears that Blake ran last year, and uh, we ran that the second night. Um, and the left rear, we've used the same left rear all rear all year. We haven't we we haven't changed it. So, I mean, like I said, dude, it, it's all about it's all about knowing what you got um, and being confident in what you got. And um, you know, when Chris was like, "Hey, let's let's go put this '99 together," I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, I was a little wary, and he was too. <laughs> Yeah. Or he, he he wasn't, but I was, um, just because I'm like nobody else is running this thing, um, and I felt like there's a reason why they don't run these things anymore because you know it's a it's an angle stacker. The rear torsion tubes are stacked and on an angle, uh, which is you know completely oh, yeah. different than yeah. <laughs> what, what normal cars run now. So it's something so oddball and out of the ordinary that you don't you just don't you don't know. It's an unknown. You we didn't know for sure that it was going to work, but Chris was confident and everybody that was familiar with those cars was like, Oh, this, these things have a lot of left rear drive. Like they, they get real tight, real easy. And, um, you know, it might be the perfect thing for this class. And, um, I mean, is it the, is it the perfect thing? Is it the best thing? Who knows? Probably it's, it's hard to say what the best thing is. I mean, people will swear by their shocks and their frames and all this stuff. Um, but I think it's the whole package and knowing what you need to do with all those things and having your ducks in a row. I think that's the perfect thing. You could have whatever car you want. I mean, um, I don't think that changes a whole lot. If you know how to set the thing up and make it do what you want, then um, you're, you got something. So 
you know, we, we've already gone off of the topics that I wanted to talk about, <laughs> which is perfectly fine. This is great stuff. So, you know, we obviously, everybody, well, everybody that knows you already either knows you from being on Blake Nemi's crew, which you've been on for a couple of years now, I think, or iRacing. Has iRacing played any factor in your driving so far this season? Before you answer that, okay, Lauren answer, Lauren asked me the same question yes. when I bought my first car, and my answer was an absolute resounding yes. Yeah. Because... It's not the the real thing, obviously. Mm. It's the it's not far from it, but it's not the real thing. You don't get thrown around in a race car on iRacing. You know, you can have the coolest motion sim and a million dollar simulator that you want, but it's not getting dirt thrown in your face and seeing guys in front of you spinning out or you know watching guys in front of you use lines. It's very much just like cut and dry. iRacing is more like kind of a one lane racetrack all the time normally, yeah. um, and. I told him, I'm like, you know, it helps because you really get the, the feel for how cars swing around and stuff. But until you get in a real car, you don't know. But I, I'm actually curious to know what you think because my answer was an absolute resounding yes. Well, I think my answer, um, it's like Lauren asked me this the first time I was on the podcast before mm-hmm. the season. And, um, you know, he asked me, you know, do you think that it's going to help you? Um and I mean, I think it's hard to argue against it because, um, I mean, it, my main point about the, the only things that I think that are actually like that actually transfer over to real life is being smooth. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, being smooth on the wheel was, I think has helped a lot with me. Um, being smooth on the throttle is it, it's, it helps, but that whole dynamic of, like you said, getting thrown around in the car, throttle control and eye racing and throttle control in real life is completely different. Yeah. So, and I mean, we had a real soft throttle spring in the first two nights. Um, well, the first night, and I was just all over the joint on the throttle. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I was a light switch and it was, it was, it wasn't ideal. And we put a stiffer throttle spring in and, um, you know, to kind of help like counteract the, you know, going, getting thrown around in the car. Um, so I could be more smooth on it. And that helped, that helped a lot. But I think, I think it does. Um, and Blake said that he's like, it's pretty, it's pretty close. I mean, to me, honestly, like I've got more eye racing experience than, than Blake, Trevor, and Lauren com- combined. Yeah, like, by far. Yeah, by a long shot. <laughs> I've, I've had, I, I raced iRacing since the day they came out with dirt. Um, so, it, to be honest with you, like, are the cars close? Not really. I mean, I don't think so. I've never driven, like, any of the cars that I drove on there in real life, so I guess I can't say for sure, but... I guess the closest um, thing would be the... Th- 360 the wingless 360, i guess yeah. but i mean even yeah. then the 360 non-wing has a lot more power than the core the concept of it though is like you you know like when you're eye racing you can feel a car hook up like you don't need to be in the car to feel well, it bite off the corner you know what i mean but when you it, it makes think, it easier in real life when you do feel like you know in, in my sense like uh, of you know with sport mods and stuff like when you get in bar cars you feel the rear end pick up on iRacing and bite up, but when when you're doing it in real life, it, the left rear tire almost literally hits you in the ass when it hooks up. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, like, when you feel that in real life, you're like, this is what I've been feeling for how many laps? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, 
I will say this about the non-wing cars, that the only thing that I think iRacing has right with those things it, that actually does translate to real life for non-wing cars, and, and I think any guy, whether it's a USAC guy or a midget guy or whatever, um, or Wisconsin wingless guy, like the biggest thing is tires, tire spin. So you, you got to keep them tires spinning at, at, to, to get yourself in the corner the right way. Um, but you can't overdo it. I mean, you can, you can blow it off the bottom real easily. Um, or at you, know, you, you can blow it to the bottom. If, if you don't, yeah, if you don't, <laughs> if yeah. you don't have enough tire spin to blow, to, to get through that stuff up top, then you're going to get tight and it's going to suck you right in right away. So I think that part, um, if there was something I was going to say about like the physics that's similar, I, I would say yes. But, um, like I said, I, I don't think like the game itself, like, is close in the sense you're never going to be able to really replicate it. I don't think, but um, if there's one thing that it does help you with is it's just being smooth. Um, and I'll, I'll swear by that up and down. Absolutely. So with the Wisconsin wingless series, I mentioned earlier, I touched on it that there were 40 cars at Wilmot so far this year. Um, I have a little running total. I don't, I don't have a uh, car count from Joel yet, but you weren't there. But so far with the Wisconsin Wingless Series, there's been 39 cars at Wilmot on opening night. Or, no, there were 40. I think there were 42. 42. 42 that was their record, wasn't it? 42 at Wilmot on opening night. And there were 39 at Beaverdam, uh, which is a traveling show for them, which I think is just nuts. And then you go down to Joliet, and I know there were a good amount of cars there as well. And then you come back to Wilmot, and there's 40 cars. So I, it's just insane to me that, you know, you could go with a touring sprint car series and have that kind of car count, but has that helped or do you think it might've hampered you early on? Cause you didn't get maybe as many laps as you could have, if you know, if you could have ran the full 20 lap feature or something, you know, if you didn't have to run a B or whatever, um, has racing in a massive field, like the Wisconsin wingless have, has it helped or do you think has it hampered you so far this season? Well, um, I think our second night was like the night where, you know, we kind of figured some, figured some stuff out. Mm -hmm. And the second night, um, you know, we, we get that final transfer spot, uh, to make the feature. And, you know, I was, I was fired up for that. I mean, yeah, you know, I told Chris, I'm like, if you were to tell me that, you know, I I said this to him, if you were to tell me that the second night out, we were going to go make the feature and, and then get in the feature and be up to 18th at one point and finish 20th. I, I would have told you, you're a liar, yeah. you know? And I said that to him and, um, you know, the car was really good in the feature and we figured that stuff out. And I think that that type of thing, uh, there's so many good cars mm-hmm. that, um, if you're not on your game and you don't have your equipment running right, uh, you're not going to have a good time. No. And, um, you know, all that is to me is just extra motivation to make, make sure your ducks are in a row and you put that work in during the week. So when you show up to the track, you got something that um, is going to be able to compete. So, and that's been, you know, our philosophy with, with Blake's team. I mean, um, you know, we, we worked long hours last year on, on Blake's team and, and same thing this year just to, you know, make sure that our ducks and our, are in a row going to the track because the last thing you want is to be dealing with problems at the track because um, it, it can really mess your whole night up really easily. So yeah, It's really easy to get, like, 
hyper. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> like we uh, two weeks ago, we obviously we were racing Plymouth, and the track was garbage and we went out for hot laps and it destroyed the door i mean it took the whole right side of my car off and in hot laps i didn't hit anybody i hit a chunk of mud and it took the right side of my car off and to go out there and knowing i'm starting literally last in my heat race Mm -hmm. and i was just so i was unhappy and i was like man this sucks like this is gonna be a bad night and it's like you gotta like mentally you have to just push yourself through and you gotta like no we're gonna like we're gonna win some stuff you know what I mean? Like, even if you have some setbacks or you have a you st- have a bad start to your night or, hell, you can... I bent my car up loading it in the trailer the first night of Plymouth. And it's like, you know, you, you have some of that stuff, but, like, the mental side of it, you just got to push through. And, like, even if you have a bad heat race, you got to know that there's still a lot of racing left to do and, and you have a job to do, basically. Well, and Chance had that, you know, this yeah. past night where you, you just said your throttle stuck and, and when you went up for motor heat. <laughs> like, that, that's, that, happened to, uh, that happened to Jack Vanderboom at Plymouth a couple weeks ago and he just packed it up threw it in the trailer and they went home you know and i get that because they couldn't they just couldn't figure out what was wrong but you know you guys you pushed through you fight figured out you know you put the old linkage in like you said and you went out there and went seventh to third in your heat race which i was hyped up about and i was like oh man he's gonna be starting way up front of the it's just one of those <laughs> yeah. things like you know i said this to my dad um when i talked to him after last week's race and uh you know i'm like you, you got to have like that same mentality with anything, whether it's sports or, you know, a job or whatever, like, um, whatever happens, you kind of just gotta, you know, it happens, you got to deal with it and you got to move on to the next thing. So I try and treat each race each night, you know, it, it's not one race in one night, you know, you got two to three races a night and each race is, is a new race. So um, I mean, you're not, you're not going to gain anything by harping on what happened afterwards. Um, and, and that's kind of the, it's, it's a lot easier said than done. It's, it, you know, I've been around it long enough, like just as a crew guy to know that, um, if something goes awry in hot laps and you can't figure out the car, it could mess up your whole night because mm-hmm. if you didn't try something in hot laps and the thing feels weird and it ain't running right. Um, then you're chasing all night. But if, if you know that, um, you know, whatever that issue was, just go back to where you were before, or, you know, you start off in hot laps, which what you run before and you see if that's good, if that's not good, then, you know, you got to make a little bit of an adjustment and, um, you know, it's, it's so easy. It's so much easier to say it. Um, but you got to treat each race like it's a new race and, I think we accomplished that last night. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to kind of cap it off here. But to cap off the interview, uh, we're we're continuing this tradition of asking Will's stupid question. And uh, he hasn't come back yet to ask people a stupid question. Um, But, yeah, we got to keep that going. So is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? We've had this conversation with him on Discord. Did we? He called Will stupid. (laughs) Well... There's a lot of there's a lot, a lot of people that would call Will stupid for asking that, um, but yeah, Blake, your I mean, your buddy Blake gave a an interesting answer, so I'm 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 interested to hear yours. I mean, it's I mean the whole bun is connected, but I guess if you <laughs> use the logic of like you call a burger a sandwich, then I guess hmm. I don't know. That's an interesting point that the bun is like 
a one piece. It's not really like two buns. Like right. if it was two buns, <laughs> then maybe be... that's what makes it. I have no idea. If it was two pieces of bread, then maybe. But what if you not... what if you eat it? What if you eat your hot dog with two pieces of Wonder Bread? You know, on top of it, and then, you're a just, then, in the you're, then you're just a psychopath. You're probably yeah. you're, you're probably you're probably killing. drinking the hot dog water. But what do you consider a sandwich, though? Two, he just said two pieces of two bread. Pieces of bread. Well, the first thing I think of when I like consider a sandwich is like, yeah, I'm going to cousins or something like that, like okay. Subway. That's sure. what I think Sub-dog. of when you yeah, say sandwich. Yeah, but some sandwich. subs have connected buns. So well. Not, well, that's uh, a, that, not, well, not that, always. Well, I'm glad I'm here. This is, this is a question of the century. I kind of feel bad for calling Will dumb. This is a hot topic. <laughs> it is. Yeah, a, it is. He's brought up the, the two pieces of bread concept is a very, very That's a different point. dynamic. Yeah, but then Jimmy yeah. Johns is considered a sandwich. That's a different uh, dynamic. Yeah. I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah. <laughs> he's a gentleman and a scholar yeah, and yeah. a wheel man. Uh, <laughs> Yes, that's perfect. That's a perfect way to leave this <laughs> off. The gentleman, the scholar, and the wheelman, Chance Siskowski on the Gaspers Project Hot Seats. Thank you so much, Chance, for coming on today. Do you have any sponsors or people that you would like to thank? Yeah, I mean, um, specifically from last night, uh, Tony Hinnich, or Tony, uh, Kevin Hinnich, or uh, Hinch, I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> Uh, he got that that carburetor figured out, and that just goes to show that uh, racing is an is an awesome, awesome sport. That uh, your fellow competitors will will come and help you to make sure your stuff's running right, and um, that's really cool. But as far as sponsors, uh, you know, obviously Timmy um, with SRF painting and staining. Uh, if it weren't for him, we we wouldn't be racing this year. He's He's, he's one of the guys that makes it all come together, and, um, you know, I can't thank him enough. Obviously, my uncle's business, Hartnell, uh, Hartnell Custom Diecast, um, you know, and all his help, he's he's the other guy that, um, if it weren't for him, I mean, this wouldn't even maybe be possible. We definitely wouldn't have finished third last night. Um, <clears throat> there's no chance. I mean, um, when you got somebody in your corner like that, um, you're going to do well and I'm yeah. pretty luck- lucky to have an uncle like that. Um, Jeff Burba, Jeff Burba photography, um, <clears throat> road track and trail MLS auto clinic. Um, and we actually got a new sponsor, um, which th- this one's pretty cool. Um, it's uh, twisted cuisine in Kenosha. Uh, Rhonda, Rhonda's going to be coming on the car this year. And um, that kind of just all came together. So, um, she, she sponsored Tommy Sexton's car over the years and, uh, various other cars and to be growing up watching, watching those cars with, um, with her business on the side. And, and now that that's going to be on the side of our car, that that's pretty, pretty special to me. And, um, you know, it, it you couldn't ask, ask for more support. It's, it's awesome. So if it weren't for all of our sponsors, I mean, it, it wouldn't be possible. And, um, Blake, Blake and Rob Nemi, those guys, um, they help more than people know. I mean, we got Rob's trailer and, um, you know, Blake's, Blake's always the one that I turn to if, if I have questions about driving and, um, you know, just a bunch of little stuff that Rob helps out with. And it's, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of a team. I mean, uh, Blake's team and our team, we're kind of, you know, it's kind of one. So, um, without those guys, it wouldn't be possible either. So, I mean, it's just everybody, everybody that 
kind of came together and, and made this happen. It's just, it's awesome. I, I couldn't ask for more and, um, I'm really excited to see, see what this season has, uh, in store for us. So. Absolutely, man. We're, we're hyped to see it. I think everybody here, uh, everybody's pulling for you. That's yeah, absolutely. All of us here at box three are, and I'm sure everybody else is as well. Thank you so much for coming on chance. Uh, we'll let you get on with the rest of your night and, uh, good luck this weekend. If you race anywhere, I don't know. Are you racing anywhere this weekend? I think Lomont's racing, so if they're racing, we'll be there. Awesome. All right, man. Take it easy. We'll see you soon. See ya. When you need a boost of energy, Liquid Nitro. For those sluggish moments when you need a lift, Liquid Nitro. Rev up your day without the crash. Liquid Nitro. Less sugar, less caffeine, better taste. Liquid Nitro. Crack open a can of the best tasting energy drink on earth. Liquid Nitro. Infused with nothing but the finest ingredients, including three herbs and two B vitamins to give you the best quality energy drink your body can handle. Real energy, no bull. Check them out on Facebook or go to Nitro Beverages it's the liquid nitro energy drink winner's circle or the finish line whatever you want to call it because this is the end of the show sad face but uh or happy face because apparently we got pizza sean just brought us some freaking pizza which is awesome um but yeah midwest auto sports picks f1 monaco grand prix max for seven max for stepping i i'm picking for will this week for all listeners will is again busy Learning how to get uh, people who can't get upstairs upstairs with a chair. Yeah. So, um, and I, I have to go to Lewis Hamilton. Uh, it's a pretty easy thing. Yeah, this is all we've been doing the entire season is we just alternate between Max and Lewis, and like, <laughs> hopefully one of us gets it right Danny every Rick. week. Uh, yeah. Well, oh my God, what in the NASCAR's at Coda this week, eh? Uh, are they? Yep. Oh, yeah. You're right. I'm picking Chase Elliott because he's won how many of the last road course races? All right. Elliott. And I. <sighs> road course ringers. I took your road course ringer. You did take my. He's not really a road Are you course. kidding me? He's won like the last eight. He is pretty good. Uh, AJ Allmendinger running the no. cup car? No? No, I don't think so. Oh man, I should have done this before the friggin' show started. Um, I picked Kyle Busch last week. I'm gonna go with Kurt Busch this week. He's pretty good on road courses. Um, World of Outlaws are where this week? World of Outlaws sprint cars are at oh Bridgeport, Bridgeport, Attica, and Sharon. I am so Bridgeport, Attica, Sharon. So it's you pick one driver for the whole weekend. Sheldon Hopshield. Sheldon Hopshield. Right. Those are top dominant racetracks. I hate you so much. <laughs> Just taking everybody you want. Yeah, I am going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Brad Sweet. Neither Will nor I have really picked Brad Sweet that much this year, He's and been we walking everybody. Uh, yeah, we we've been real. Uh, <laughs> Sheldon would have a win if his tire would hung on. Yeah, Sheldon's had a bunch of wins, but he. He'd be freaking leading the points right now if he didn't so much bad luck. Um, All-Stars. They had their race last week. Uh, I lost uh, only because Will picked Tyler Courtney. I picked Bill Baylock. He had a great weekend, but Tyler Courtney just yeah. had a better weekend. Uh, they are at Circle City Raceway. 
Circle and circle. oh my gosh, it's their Indiana swing. This is the Race Rudine Foundation Indiana swing for the All Star Circuit of Champions, ending with the Race Rudine Foundation race at Kokomo Speedway in Kokomo, Indiana. Twenty six thousand dollars to win. Circle City, Circle City, Gas City, I sixty nine, and Kokomo. I am going to pick for at least one breakthrough. All-Star Circuit of Champions win Bill Baylock because those are tracks that are similar to the size he raced at Wisconsin. Agreed. I feel like he should do very well. I feel like he's going to get his first win with the All-Stars through that Indiana swing. He It'd always very seems to run good like, in Indiana because he, when he ran down there with the Outlaws, didn't, didn't he run down there a couple times? He ran down there with the Outlaws a couple times with his like not with that great IRA motor. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't do that bad. So I think he those will be all right. Those are tracks that are similar to stuff around here. So. Yeah, he should be pretty good down there, especially with his with his uh, actual good stuff uh, down there. Um, I uh, I'm gonna go with Corey Elison. Um, he seems to do pretty well at the at the Rudine races. Yeah, at the Rudine races. That I mean, 26 car seems to get a 50 horsepower boost <laughs> yeah. when he goes to those. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. All right, USAC sprints at Lakeside. I don't know how much you know about the USAC sprint series, but Will and I. Are, well, Will's a pretty big fan. I just kind of tag on his yeah. coattails a little bit, but uh, they are at Lakeside Speedway this week. Um, who do you got if you have anybody? Here, I, you want me to run down, run you down their points right now, just so you have like. Uh, Damien Gardner. I don't even is he runs back there? Probably. Probably. I don't know. Um, I just know him. <laughs> yeah, Brady Bacon, Justin Grant, Kevin Thomas Jr., Robert, hey, Justin Grant, Robert Blue, Chris Windham, C.J. Leary, Tanner Thorson, Jake Swanson, Paul Neenheiser, Chase Stocking. Justin Grant. All right, I'll take it. J.G. I am going to go with Brady Bacon. Right. No, I'm going oh, with yeah. Chase Stocking. He's yeah. He had 343 straight feature starts. What's an Iron Man streak? Wow, unfriggin' believable. And he only he only broke it because he decided not to take a provisional. <laughs> like why? Just take the provisional. <laughs> All right, IRA's back at Beaver Dam this week. Um, I have two picks. You have right. two picks. I think it's either going to be Scotty Thiel. But if Baylog, if they get a rain out and Baylog comes to Beaver Dam, he is unbeatable at Beaver Dam. So, okay. So Steel, Steel, yeah, all right. Steel if Baylog doesn't show. Okay. Up. Otherwise, Baylog's gonna do what he does every other week. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna poop your pants when I really list pick. Not Sean Ray Hall. <laughs> Sean Ray Hall. There we go. I'm sticking with my guns. I got to. We're coming back. Yeah. He Here we go. He's gonna win. Yeah. Yes. He hey, Sean. Yeah. You gonna win this week? There you go. <laughs> I hope that came through. <laughs> Definitely did. I heard All right, you heard, you heard it here first. All right, Midwest Sprint Car Association at Plymouth and Angel Park. So happy to see Will Garrett. And I say yeah? that I say that because Will has had a lot of momentum at Plymouth and Angel Park's favorite track, and he's been really he, good in my girl. There's we have we we have yet to release our power rankings. They'll be out by the time this podcast comes out uh, tomorrow, but. He's still fourth in our power rankings, and people are going to be like, we finished 16th. And I was like, yes, but the track was completely one lane through the His heat and the beat. Do not, do not mirror the speed. Ben Schmidt is still second, and he finished, I think, 12th. He, so uh, there's... His results, not his results don't mirror how fast that car's been. No. And if he wouldn't have gotten tangled with a lap car, he still had something for Davis. 
Oh, um, absolutely. So absolutely. Will Garretts is either going to get one at Plymouth or at Angel Park, because he is really good on a micro at Angel Park. He's a wheel at Angel Park. All right. I... Oh, man. I wish I could... You took my pick, honestly. You, do that. you seem to be doing that a lot today. I am going to go with Travis Harris. Uh, he's won at Angel Park before. That's where um, he got his first First win, yeah. Oh. So That place holds precedent with him. Yeah, and I think he'll do pretty good at Plymouth, too. I, I believe so. Yeah, he doesn't do bad normally. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, does IndyCar race this week? No, they have a week off before the Indianapolis 500 next week. Um, which, last week, I beat Will. Shocker. I know. I, let's uh, let's take a look at the pick standings for our Midwest Auto Sports picks. Um, I have 20 points. Will has 15 and we didn't do any picks for Siri this week because who she cares? Um, <laughs> all right. So now we go through our must-see must shows of the week. You get Angel a local Park. and your non-local show. All right. So Angel your Park. local APS. Yep. And, and then my national is going to be the Attica show. Attica. I love Attica. Attica so is a kick-ass race. It's <laughs> only if they if if they learn how to use their water truck. It's okay. Even when it's dry. Ohio's pretty bad. For whatever reason, that track never loses grip on the top. That's a cool racetrack. That is true. I'm going to go with Irate Beaver. Um, Just because I'm not a huge fan of Beaver Dam itself, but the IRA puts a A lot of horsepower to go around the top of the place. And it it always seems like it kind of rubbers down, but then you got kind of guys that are stuck behind guys that maybe they might be a little bit faster than. Yeah, and it makes them so really the guys work. Guys who run the top usually get a pretty decent. Run. Yeah, it makes it makes them really work. Um, and non local show. You should go with my second pick is I sixty nine without all stars because Gas City is a small racetrack with four tens. Uh, oh man, I want to go with the Outlaws this weekend. At, uh, where were they? At Sharon. Yeah. No, Bridgeport. Outlaws at Bridgeport, dude. They uh, did you see the big block modified race at Bridgeport a couple what weeks are they ago? Doing? <laughs> what are they doing? We're bringing that back. Um, but yeah, that race was big blocks nuts. are a really cool race car. <clears throat> Excuse me. If they didn't look so stupid, that's very true. They, they do look extremely stupid. All right, Midwest Auto Sports Promotions, which is now Box Three Media, Box Three Media, <laughs> Box Three Racing. Rebranded that this week. Very Miss click, baby. Miss click, baby. <laughs> we ain't gonna bring that up. All right. <laughs> Box three racing, social media spotlight, uh, driver updates. MSA hand race at uh, Plymouth Dirt Track Racing this past week, um, and did all right. Did all right. Put two cars in the show. Will Garrett's and uh, Tyler Tischendorf. Uh, Tyler Brabant was real got, close to being in the show, and he kind of got yeah. screwed on that last restart Pretty there. Much. But um, it's all good. Um, he still did very well for how one lane the track was all night. And then uh, Jack Vanderboom, again. Just Lady Luck's been not Yeah, everybody had a terrible pill draw. I don't think any Except for me. I yeah, drew it too. Yeah, 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 <laughs> too. Everybody in our sprint car ranks drew last row or worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so bad. They drew literally starting a lap down. But like, we got to <laughs> give a shout out here to Tyler Tischendorf. Yeah. First top ten of the year. He finally got his mechanical stuff figured out, and then he goes and finishes eighth. And he made the worst TikTok possible. He did the make there. the worst TikTok possible. Please, I would say go check that out, but don't go check that out. It's, it's not, it's uh, not I could not, actually, the store was out of bleach, so I couldn't make the eyes. Anymore, yeah, so. I couldn't PR him out of that. There's no <laughs> way. All right, uh, Trevor, you how did, how did your night go, PTR? <laughs> hey, when it started off all right. Not really. I lost. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's all right. It looked like it was driving a little funky there. Yeah, Gary. Uh, we had a slight miscalculation with gravity and uh, <laughs> forgot how hard cars go broom when you put too much bite in them for attack your racetrack. So the heat yeah. race was a little miserable. I was driving with, which I don't know. For some reason, everybody on the Facebook page likes to think I do that on purpose. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I've done everything I can to put the left front back on the racetrack, and it yeah. don't stay there. It's true. I'm there. I've seen it. But um, yeah, we had a. a Slight, uh, uh, slight geographical disconnection with the racetrack on the left front, um, and then we got rained out. I actually, mm-hmm. but the cool part is I brought home a whole racetrack worth of mud with me, so I made one in my front yard and played with my little sprint cars on. So from hell there, so. yeah. So anywho, yeah, I was terrible, but I did <laughs> I did draw a two though. That's my best ever draw, and I can only beat it now if I draw one ever. So <laughs> oh my god, only downhill from here, baby. Right. <laughs> Alright, uh, Chance was at Wilmot, obviously. We just talked to him on the show. He finished third. What a freaking night for that guy, man. I yeah. I mean, I, if he never does any better than that this year, he I'm still just, happy. He like, just, he just retire. Just, yeah. He's, he's he, like Nico Rosberg. I, I damn near was just going <laughs> to say after I won my second heat race, I was done. But That is true. Good, that so. did almost happen. <laughs> IRA was at Route 66. Uh, Sean was off this past week. Uh, Bailey's off for the foreseeable future. We got some stuff going on there, but... Uh, She'll be back eventually, hopefully, for some one-off stuff with the IRA. Kyle Shute was there, though. Made the show. Finished third in the B-Main. Little motor with the All-Stars, though. Yeah, I believe some some kind of motor issue there in the feature. Slight miscommunication. Was up to 18th from 21st, I believe, and then ended up being scored 21st anyways, but still... Made the all-star show. I mean, that's... He, I think he walked home with 800 bucks. I mean, that's Take that's it. a decent night, yeah. So, and it wasn't too far of a drive for him either. He's from... He got one of them so. fancy windowed oil pans now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're fancy. But well, that's some high-tech stuff. They're more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, very happy to see Kyle uh, put it in the all-star show. That's pretty cool. He's going to be back this week at Beaver Dam. Uh, Chase McDermott was off this past week. But he will um, be kicking everybody's ass at Angel Park Sunday. In Davenport. Yeah. Chase McDermott will be with the Badger Midgets at Davenport Speedway, Davenport, Iowa, and Angel Park Speedway. Yeah. That's I'm be so excited to sweet. hear that. I'm uh, so excited. Angel Park, just the word Angel Park, just uh, fantastic. So cool. Thank you, Greg McCarns. Yes. Thank you, Greg McCarns. My gosh. MSA also at Angel Park this week on Sunday, but they have their regular show at PDTR with... Technically, with the PDTR 360 sprints, IRA is at Beaver Dam this week for the second time this season. Of course, last time they were there, Bill Baylog did when he, yeah, he did. He showed up, um, and then Jake Blacker said they were going to take the win this week, but I could be wrong. Baylog is the great humbler of anybody. I literally just picked fast. Sean, and I just said that Jake was going to win this. No, week. but like, but like, Baylog <laughs> yeah. is the great humbler of, of the IRA when people are like, "Hey, I'm really fast," and he comes in and goes, "No." Lap one, he didn't do that great in the dash. Lap one in the freaking feature, sixth to first. Yeah, by the first corner, he's um like he's <laughs> one of those people who. You could have the best night of your life, and he would sit your ass down so fast. Oh my god! <laughs> He'd just be like, "No, nah, you, nah, no." Nah. Oh, at uh, where was I? Think it was uh, sixty six. Did he get quick time? Yeah, yeah. When Thiel went quick time, and then Scott, and then uh, <laughs> Bill was just like the great humbler. Bill was just like that's the nah. The hell with the North Pole nightmare. <laughs> he is just the great, the, the humbler. great humbler. Because that doesn't uh, matter how fast you think you are. Bill Bailey's got yeah. two tenths on you. <laughs> Chance is back at Wilmot this week. I don't know how he's gonna one up. This past week, I mean, get, I guess win, yeah. yeah. He could finish second. <laughs> there could be 45 cars this there's week, only, and he's still going to finish third. There's only <laughs> two more positions above where he finished now, mm-hmm. so it's all downhill from here, usually. 
We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And you're back at Plymouth this week. Can't still wait. trying to get that first old feature win. Yeah. It's going to come. I kind of jumped ourselves out of the mud from a couple weeks ago. That's okay. You've made up Good for recovery. It. Good recovery. Great recovery. I don't care... I was so mad at myself until I thought about the fact that I passed 18 cars on track. Under <laughs> you were. He's, like, he's beating himself up. It took me like, about Dude. 20 minutes to go. There was not a car that I passed under caution. So like, yeah, nobody pulled exactly. off. No, nobody pulled off. So, yeah. So you're back at Plymouth. That's going to do it. Um, I don't have to pass 18 to win. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hot take of the week. Yeah. 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 I, do. <laughs> I think. be interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up something mild. Super late models and 410 sprint cars are premier touring classes. Crate late models and 360 sprint cars should be weekly cars. They should get rid of super late models at Plymouth. They should make like a 604 crate late model class to replace them. The Dirt Kings Tour should be the only thing that runs supers. And the 410s should only be run by the IRA. Nothing weekly. 360s and crate late models should be the stepping stones to our premier series in Wisconsin. And that is going to piss off so many boomers. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I we've had this conversation. <laughs> Me, you, and Will have had this conversation a hundred times that there should not be a weekly super late model show, especially no. not one that pays a grand to win every week when sport mods are only making three hundred bucks. I mean, they put on a good show most of the time. I mean, the rate the late model racing at Plymouth has been insane, which I get. I don't understand why they ditched the World of Outlaw late models this year. I don't know what happened there, but that race was always. A- Fan friggin' tastic. Yeah, until you're the yeah. support class and you pull out and get a radiator full of uh, confetti. Yeah, then it's not so. Yeah, cool. we'll, glo- we'll gloss over that. Um, I think that's a like people are probably gonna get mad about that take, but I think that the like a crate late model class would would bring in more cars. You'd get yeah. guys who come from the the A mods who want to go like late model racing. You drop the same motor and that you have in your A mod. My hot take of the week is a little bit different. My hot take is Bud Katie in California. Um, who was angry because he got his ass stomped by Dominic Selzy like every other sprint car driver out in California this year. Um, He said in his Victory Lane interview, he's like, thank you all fans for coming out, blah, blah, blah. And it's nice to show the nice to show speed shift that uh, that live racing is where it's at. And they were great during the pandemic, but we need to show them that live racing here at the track is where it's at. And I'm like, well, first of all, speed shift ain't been around for like a year and a half, yeah. so oh, you're way off there. there. And yeah. then uh, also, you have no idea how much flow racing and dirt vision and everything else is doing for this sport. Yeah, they have. He has no clue. And That's it, very much someone who is disconnected from how things work. Who just yeah. shows up with a suitcase and races, just talking out of their ass. Well, it's Bud Cating, of oh. course. So, I mean, he drives like that too. <laughs> he got beat by Dom. <laughs> I will, dude, Dominic Selzy, dude. He he won every six. He won. Okay, so it was like a four race thing this weekend between three sixties, four ten. He won both races in each class. Nice. He's, he's a fast. wheel. Yeah. And he eats a lot of tacos, so oh, he's my absolutely. favorite guy. Oh, All right. I think that's going to do it. What do you think? Thanks for coming on, Trevor. Thanks for filling in for old Will. Yeah. He's, I mean, people need chairs. Nah, he stinks. Yeah. Where do you keep you? Yeah. I don't think Will's coming back next week. That's fine. Jared Bourbon's <laughs> going to agree with that. Jared Bourbon and Jason Schilling going to take this over, yeah. <laughs> apparently. Jared's entire mustache would be getting here <laughs> 10 minutes before he does. That thing uh, walks through the door 10 minutes before he do. I'm sure that I'm pretty sure that thing just holds the Expo marker for him and writes on the whiteboard. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> he, Jared is literally a, a brainless zombie, and that mustache is the mastermind. I think, it's, I think his like entire essence is in his expo marker. Like, yeah. He just like that's without what a whiteboard. Jared Burr was nothing. Gives him the will to live. Yes. All right. That's enough. Uh, <laughs> that's shit, enough. Yeah, Jared Burr. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye.